1: All right, stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. <laughs> All around the world, it's the same song. R.I.P. to the great Shock g a.k.a. also Humpty Hump of Digital Underground, who passed away this week. Young Jeff, a big Digital Underground fan. Uh, let's get the names out of the way. I am Jeff Hawkins at Crap Game 13 On the old Twitter, Chris Novembrino at D-W-A-T-G on the Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Also on video. Should Jeff screw up the audio. <laughs> YouTube on the Voices of Wrestling channel. Look, people, we need to we need to talk a little bit. There's a social compact between you, the listener, and me, the host of this show. Chris not so much involved.
0: Chris I involved I choose this. to abdicate from my part of the social contract, and yeah, so uh, the as the middle class, no, as the middle class, it's my prerogative.
1: Well, <laughs> the, the, the social contract is that Jeff, not, I'm not an audio guru, I know enough to be dangerous. I will screw up the audio once a week. Once a year. Once a week. (laughs) Once (laughs) a year.
0: Weekly basis. Once a year.
1: Once a year, I'm going to upload audio where I've kept a track in that's overlaying because I'm trying to edit things together. Because, you see, Chris strong-armed me for money uh, to stay with the show (laughs) or to keep producing the show. He goes, I'm not doing this show if I have to produce it. So you're going to have to do it. It's like, all right, fine. I'll use my limited but somewhat decent knowledge of audio tracks. So here's what happened, Chris, because this involves you and your audio. Meh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meh. That's my Seth Rollins. Oh, my Seth Rollins impression came out. Ain't that great? Um, You're not looking like Seth Rollins all clean No, shaven. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I was scared just of that. Uh,
0: not, not taking Coward. that bait. Not taking that bait. Look, man.
1: One day, you just show up and Becky Lynch mistakes you for him and You're happy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's what happened. I have the show synced, locked, loaded. Pared down to one track, ready to upload this thing. And I'm just doing one, one click gloss over. And there's a space right at the end of the show. I'm like, what is going on there? So I give it a listen. And it's right as Chris is making his final point about Raw and also doing his plugs. And I'm like thinking, I could leave this blank space in there, get a few complaints that, hey, the last two minutes of Chris's audio cut out, upload this show and be happy. But no, not Jeff. Chris is already logged off for the night off talking to cats, imbibing other things. So I take it upon myself. To clip Chris's audio because I don't want the criticism of, oh, Jeff, that authoritarian. In his heart, he he didn't want people to hear about. Don't worry about the government. Didn't no, want to hear. No, but the
0: people know that they can go to don'tworry.tv or get on patreon.com/dwatg slash or check out the YouTube channel or on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify. The people know that Don't Worry About the Government is available on lots of different mediums, and that's what's so great about the people. We have a smart audience and a very handsome, attractive audience. So, anyways.
1: Jeff uses the zoom audio to plug it in there and he leaves the zoom audio track on this new version. So it makes it sound like there are two tracks of Chris talking at the same time to Jeff with different audio, different points in the show. So I screwed up. All right. it happens. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. And this is, this is what Chris and I talk about off air. Sometimes it's like, this is the only time I get show interaction. I could say some of the worst things on earth and I've thought about doing that just to see if people are listening, but boy, I screw up that audio. Everybody <laughs> is at my throat. And I, I, look, I appreciate the audience cause it means people are listening. But at the same time, I'm like, where are you with this awesome hot take I had or awesome, you know, this observation that, that should blow everybody's mind or taking me to task about some opinion. I had something not audio screwed up.
0: <laughs> do, do, you want me, do you want me to send you the uh, package I made last year about the joys of editing? No, so that you can. Okay, fine. It was no, a good package. No, it, it was a good. Remember I, I, I threw this on. I was like, uh, the best part about editing is seeing the smiles on the children's faces. I like quoted <laughs> myself at the beginning of this package. Like, and then uh. Yakity sacks comes in. You don't remember this? I think I do. I don't yeah, I I, I found a way to work in yackety sacks. So I was pretty proud of myself.
1: I, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting because most people are good natured about, hey, Jeff, the audio messed up. Hey, I, by the way, and you start getting as it hits the feeds of various services, because it's it takes some time for the new copy to make its way, but. Three hours later, hey, Jeff, don't know if you know this. Your audio screwed up. Yes, I'm an idiot. All right, stop it. But at the same time... I actually I'm-
0: joined in the party, and I let you know that the audio was screwed up, too. <laughs> so, like, it was fun. I, I I like feeling like part of the audience sometimes, too. And this, this was a fun experience for me this week.
1: Well, well, the funny part of this is that... <laughs> the funny part of this isn't is the good-natured people. It's the people who are, like... Genuinely angry at the
0: audience. A, like, a, what, at am this. I paying,
1: what am I paying for? I'm like, it's a free podcast. You. I, you I don't,
0: don't know. What, what, what are you paying for? Do you want to pay? We, what we, are you going to do help? to please no, me? No, we can help you <laughs> with that. Please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, sir, <laughs> I am
1: displeased with your audio malfunction. What are you going to do to sate my anger right now? I'm like, it's a free dopey podcast by a guy who's way too old to be doing wrestling podcasting. (laughs) And a guy who's kind of in it for the laughs. Let's face it. Chris, Chris likes this show, but it's it's not, it's not a passion of his to talk wrestling necessarily at times. I
0: I would say that it is a fair characterization of my uh, passion for wrestling that like, it's like an important part of my life. Like, He's looking
1: for the love, though. Sometimes.
0: <laughs> me? No, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, like, I like, uh, you know, I, I can't say that uh, I am at my all-time peak, in, like interest level with wrestling. Like, I, I would yeah. say it's probably fair to say that I was more into it five years ago than now. But I still like doing the show, and I like doing the podcast, and like, I remain hopeful. But it's, it's not like there's an untalented market of wrestlers. Uh, you know, now, I remain hopeful that good stuff will happen. I like the
1: boys. I like I like wrestling. I like wrestling a lot. Sometimes, as we will get into, talk about some of the companies. Yeah, occasionally becomes a thing. And with that, once again, I will I will plug our sponsors because I did not do that top of the show. But once again, we are sponsored by Manscaped and my bookie. More on them throughout the course of this show. Starting with, <laughs> I did not. We did not do a rundown before we hit on air. So, let's see if Chris wants to talk about Trash Bag Gate.
0: Okay, Mark, Caron- All right.
1: Mark Mark Carano, senior director of talent relations for a number of years, also as seen on Total Bellas slash Total Divas, let go by WWE on. April 22nd, this from the Wrestling Observer, after a public embarrassment when Mickey James Aldis noted that after being fired last week, her belongings at the company had were sent back to her in a garbage bag by Carano. She wasn't the only woman who got her belongings sent in a garbage bag this past week. Multiple female performers have confirmed the same thing happened with them this week and it has happened in the past, some claiming dating back more than a decade. One woman noted that she was actually sent the belongings of another woman in the garbage bag that arrived at her place of residence. This was noted by Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, and John Laurinaitis. As soon as the story broke, the person who did this, who wasn't named, was fired immediately. Quote, One of the performers, we have drawers that travel as well as bringing stuff from home, so we leave little things we may need from week to week. Our gear, makeup, shoes, etc. We take our gear bag home. But a lot of people have heavy gear that is easy to leave at the venue. Another talent noted to us, talent who is let go if anything of theirs is left behind at arenas, it's boxed up and sent to their homes. etc., etc. But, Mickey James's prom was apparently she felt that symbolized that uh, the trash bag that was that symbolized all she was worth, which is not the case. But yes, it could have been handled better. Also let go were Nicole Zioli from the talent relations department, while well, John Cohn, best known as a referee, was temporarily relieved of his job in talent relations, but will remain as a referee. He got his job in talent relations back. That's something to talk about a little bit. We're here fired. <laughs> <laughs> knee-jerk fired and then oh no, no, maybe we were a bit too rash but we were also told that the decisions regarding the two were not related to the garbage bag incident as only Carano was let go for that reason. Which brings us to the other firings on this day. Mead Rust who served as VP of communications and Joe Villa who was manager of publicity and corporate, corporate communications as well as Brian Flynn chief marketing and communications officer were let go. That, to me, screams PR disaster. This got out. Sack everybody who was involved in messaging.
0: Hmm. I'm going to go a different direction. Okay. This is political, and that this is being used as auspices to do a cleaning of house, and that, that- if they they didn't want to clean house with these people. They would turn a blind eye on it. I'm looking at certain people on the roster who maybe shouldn't be their Velveteen dream. Um, that, that there's a history of this company finding a way to get over stuff. And there's also a history of this company finding a way to use stuff, um, that they should be legitimately upset about as a, a way of doing less noble things.
1: There's a, there is a talking point going around that perhaps this was more convenience than job performance because Nick Khan wants to bring his people in for I, communications, I, but it's a little weird that the communications people were let go on a day where communications I, I mean, think, failed.
0: Okay, let, let's, let's, let's walk it back to a little bit. Like, like I, I yes. the, you have this trash bag thing. Like, do we really believe that there was a meeting of like multiple people all standing around Mickey James's stuff and they're no. all looking at it and they're like, "What are we gonna do with it, boys?" And and one one person <laughs> speaks up and they're like, "I've got an idea, sir. We're gonna throw in a trash bag." No, let's have a vote on this first. Everyone's like, "Aye, yes." Throw her stuff in the trash bag. I mean, I I think yes, that there but was that, very that little- makes it
1: that makes it worse, Chris, because they were firing over perceived optics of a right. situation.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, that's why that's what leads me to believe that this is political. Uh, I believe okay. it is political because if you wanted to fire someone because you thought, hey, what you were doing here was kind of like somewhere between sexist and just bad business, um, then you would fire that one person. You might even name and shame them on the way out. Uh, in this case, they use this as like, oh, this is part of a systemic failure. And it's like not a systemic failure. This is a bad, this is a gross decision.
1: I forgot to put in part of the story, which may have led to the communications department being uh fired and and this wasn't in the story at the time, but uh chris on, on this day uh or yesterday, uh the corporate account started tweeting out their new uh, their new ad campaign featuring Drew McIntyre and Sasha Banks for hefty trash bags. <laughs> Uh,
0: that, uh, okay, but because, that, I, no, 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 but let, let's wind this back again. Like they, they got a new deal with hefty trash bags. I, how could they possibly have known that the Mickey yeah. James trash bag story was going to yeah. break at the same. So like, if you're really going to lay this at the door, is WWE a tacky company guys? Like tacky is understating it. WWE is kind of a gross company at times. Um, it, while all this looks bad though, if you actually think about timeline, it's hard to think that this is a grand way of like, well, oh, we're going to really dunk on Mickey James. The knock on the whole Mickey James relationship in those last runs, they didn't have any regard for her whatsoever. Like they didn't, they didn't, there wasn't much thought about it at all. I don't think it's spite. I think it's just apathy, ignorance, not seeing the talent they had, which is true of their entire relationship with Mickey James throughout her entire career.
1: Yes, and she should have been the exception to the rule. She should have been allowed to come back, say goodbye to women that she's mentored, to women who looked up to her, to women who grew up wanting to be her. Yeah, she. I mean, we've said this on the show before. She is the third wheel of the classic women. uh, Trish Lita, Trish Lita, Trish Lita, Trish Lita. No one mentions Mickey James. They mistreated her on her first run. The whole Piggy James story, things like that. I was not phased by this at first, although I will, I'm not going to defend WWE and I'm not going to, I'm not going to scold anybody who was angry at this. I'm, I'm, I'm not because I've worked in big law. I've worked in Hollywood. I was cut from a major (laughs) college football program. This is part and parcel at big law. They don't, care about you. They want you out of the building. Bring your keys and wallet. We'll mail your stuff back to you. Somebody from your department takes a, takes a, a file box, usually from whatever service you're using for shredding and stuff like that. Iron Mountain was ours. They, they throw all your crap in there. They take it to the mailroom and they put it in a bigger box. There's no bubble wrapping, fragile things and stuff like that. Trash bags tend to be fairly accessible, although this is a company... This is a company that does does move to move through trucks every week into stadiums, so perhaps they could have used a little bit more care. But I viewed this as, no, trash bags are accessible. Send the intern down to clean out the clean out the thing, and we'll send the stuff back to them.
0: I mean, I, the thing I'm thinking about too is just so you want to take items like clothing and you know boots shoes and other stuff make sure they're all intact water protected they're going to get sent in a package what's the easiest way to do that and like you bring out the trash bag i, I that's i would do that was i mean i've seen people do that with moves um i would do that you know if i needed to real quickly just make something kind of sort of water resistant i'd take the stuff wrap it in a trash bag because yeah you can get a bunch of them and if it's like a hefty bag or something like that that's solid you know that's solid resistance it'll hold up Those hefty bags are great. I've been hearing about them on WWE TV.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in sports, it was either a laundry bag or a clear bag, (laughs) so they made sure you weren't taking your playbook or anything out of the office. There, my my locker was raided by other players who stole my shoes and, you know. Eh,
0: I, it would know. be better, I suppose, if WWE maybe had, like, you know, their own little, like, proprietary WWE stamped bags or whatever to send off the final goods. A little more thought. Um, I think this story is emblematic of, like, the kind of tactless way WWE yes. separates relationships. And, like, that is the, that this I is, think is the deeper this truth. This
1: is reputation-driven.
0: Yeah, it's is, the deeper truth about this story. It's not, oh, we think Mickie James is trash. It's that when we stop working with wrestlers, we generally don't treat them with a whole lot of respect. And we send them their stuff back in like a bag. And we don't even let them come in and get their stuff or say goodbye or anything like that.
1: We fired people in our most profitable year by claiming budget cuts. And we sent them their stuff back in a trash bag.
0: Yeah. And then, then mean, the optics the, of the, it. Yeah. And that's something your PR it, that's something your PR department can fix either, which is again, you know, I, I want to be clear, I'm not def- I was not putting up a defense of them at all. Uh, I was sort of positing that this is a company that's taking this bad thing and doing another bad thing with it by cleaning house in their org chart.
1: Also because eyes were on WWE perhaps tying into this, Q1 Call was on Thursday as well. (laughs) Let me explain something to people. Cause these calls are the same every year or every quarter. They don't say a whole lot. Things are going to be great. The thing that drives me nuts and Chris, we talk about this all the time. Our metrics of what makes a good wrestling program and what makes success for a company are not, their metrics for it. So, these, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say dopes. These dopes who get on the conference call when it's time for Vince McMahon to speak and go, Hey guys, are you co- concerned with, you know, how are you guys addressing the bad creative in this company? They don't view it as bad creative, but the, and they came back with this. What, what do you expect? that the numbers or I, I gave away the answer. I was going to say, what do you expect the answer to that's going to be? And it's going to be, well, if you look at our YouTube numbers, there's a lot of fan engagement right now. And you know, we don't see any issue with the creative. We don't understand this problem. You know, we're, you know, this sector is doing well, this, that, and the other, social engagement. Peacock is very pleased with the ratings they're getting. Uh, And
0: they'd probably argue there's a cause and effect relationship between creative and profitability. And if we're profitable, then is our creative really all that bad? Yes. I I don't, I, I, this is, this is obviously a logical fallacy from anyone with a literary background. Yes. But, but in a business sense or in a business argument, it is fairly compelling to the investor class.
1: Yeah, this is getting on a McDonald's call for earnings. You go, why don't you use better beef?
0: Yes, you you guys, (laughs) fundamentally, your egg McMuffin sandwich has bad component parts, like the the egg or the actual- How dare you? The English muffin is not a good English muffin. The egg thing is weird. And like the bacon is not the best bacon. What are you guys doing about this?
1: Why aren't you using American bacon instead of Canadian bacon on these things?:
0: Yeah, no, yeah, it, I just it's not what they think.
1: It's just i, 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 I've, I I'm done listening to these live I, I I didn't listen to this one live, but I heard that Or I, I'm reading the transcript as our friend Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful is doing this, and it's like, they ask about the creative and it's bad, and of course, Nick Khan, Total Pro, total all in on it. Now look at our YouTube numbers. Fans don't see him unhappy.
0: I, I want him to re raise. I want him to go further. I the love most, the fiend. We've never been better. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, this fiend angle is awesome. Did you guys not see Randy Orton and the Fiend <laughs> at WrestleMania? Alexa Bliss is doing some of the best work of her entire career right now. I will I Khan, straight ahead. I like, like Con- the worst stuff. <laughs> Yeah, the worst stuff is the best stuff. That's what I want from Khan. <laughs> and you should also
1: yell Khan like Kirk from Star Con! Trek 2 every time. Khan! <laughs> every time you call on him. There's, there's your outdated reference for the week, kids. Um, Yeah, I just, it's like. <laughs> yeah, the McDonald's analogy to me works uh i'm I'm a little stalling here because i'm looking at my next note i don't know if i want to go into it so i'm gonna put it on you chris whether i will just state it okay and uh and if we don't want to talk about it we don't have to okay charlotte flair
0: i'm into it let's talk about charlotte flair
1: you go first because i don't want to clunk all over this
0: okay so for those of you who are not aware on the Charlotte Flair situation, I'm going to try to give a recap here and have Jeff catch me with the net underneath the tightrope as I make my way across it.
1: God help us all.
0: <laughs> so Charlotte Flair ha- w- was out for a certain uh, time, and there was she's speculative- about to
1: be out. She was she's about to be out for a certain time. She's- thus, the reason they did the story about being suspended on Raw. Mm.
0: And so this has led to speculation uh, about what is the prompt and is the stated reason the true reason she is going to be out and what is happening. And a certain seven-star, maybe eight-star reporter uh, got out over his skis a little bit and got the ire of Ashley Flair uh, in his reporting.
1: Yes, what he did was he added the context of well, you know how they are and Kev- look, well, if you know the stories of Kevin Dunn and Vince not finding people cosmetically pleasing, he added that into the reporting of what she was going to be out for, which to me it's you know, unless she g- the thing here for me
0: it, let you know you know what I let, let, the thing here for me is twofold. Like you, you're gonna have your okay. thing. I got I got a different thing. Here. Right, I think that off. this is irresponsible reporting. I think it is it's one thing to report that Ashley Flair is going to be missing time from WWE. It is, yes. however, a we were talking before the show about something else involving fact checks, and this is like a non sequiturial fact inclusion that is serving as a form of editorialization. Um, so is it true that Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn have a history of demanding cosmetic changes out of women performers on WWE television? I mean, just two weeks ago, I was moaning about how Mandy Rose has like unnaturally long hair now after cutting her hair short after last year and everything. Um like no of course of course he does this and like this is not lost on me but when it gets included in the reporting in this way it is done in a way to lead the reader to believe that they're arriving at their own independent analysis but they're not they are being duped and led down a very clear path to the cor- The quote unquote correct analysis here, which according to the author of that article would be that Ashley Flair is missing time because you know how Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon are with the surgeries.
1: If she is correct and the way she took it down was Dave, you have my number. Call me. You got to contact her. You got to ask, Hey, can I say this stuff?
0: Oh, if you didn't do also- that, it's absolute. It, it's an absolute failure of reportorial responsibility. It's, it's just basic due diligence. There's a story out diligence. here right now. I'm calling you about this story. If, if the reporter calls the subject of the story and the subject gives a no comment, then at minimum you would report the no comment. But I think Ashley Flair is correct that there was no attempt by the reporter in question here to reach out to her about the story they were putting out, which is a dereliction of reportorial duty.
1: Because there's twofold things. If it's from somebody in the company, we're towing HIPAA violations here just a little bit uh, with releasing health information of an employee of a company. If it's dad, who we know said reporter talks to, dad might not be clear to say this stuff either. And it's probably not his place.
0: And now. Reporter is stepping in between a familiar relationship between dad and daughter. And, and, oh, by the way, reporter in question is asking dad what's up with daughter without then going and asking daughter, which is messed up and inappropriate for said reporter to do.
1: There are people in the company that like this dumb show and, and you know, find Chris and I funny finds Chris more funny than no, I., just, uh, but 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 we talk to people in the company because people listen to these podcasts and stuff. Like, and I am always I am scared to death of releasing anything I can't release on this show because they have people looking for leaks. They have people. I don't want to jeopardize anybody's job. I don't really want to break news to be honest with you. I kind of just want my opinions to be on the right track my cynicism about this company. I don't want to work for them necessarily, but you know, if they pay me, I would, but I'm a little too old for them. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I just don't want to jeopardize anybody else as well. But so I will say, what can I put on record? Can I have this on record? Can I allude to it? Can I say this on air even and make sure, because I, I just don't want that kind of, I don't want that kind of blowback and I don't want to hurt anybody else. And this, to me, was—I I won't say there was malice to it, because we all know what you know—that there's strange cosmetic pressures on women to, and and there are aside. Yeah, can I don't think we have to think about people. the the emotion
0: yeah. or like the the motive um underpinning it. As much as uh, I, I think you can just look at the facts of the way this story was reported or not reported and go like, this is not an, an appropriate or correct way to be reporting news in any industry. I agree. Um, and if you have
1: access to somebody, ask them. That's 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 the that's pretty much my
0: and, and Ashley tink. Flair and the Flair family has made it very clear that this reporter does have access to to them. Um, and I just I think it was uh, not um, all right.
1: We may go into the angle in a little bit because I find it interesting as to what they might do, especially in relation to how Daniel Bryan did tonight before that, let's uh, give a shout out to our first sponsor, Manscaped. Support for Shake Them Ropes is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code Ropes at Manscaped.com. Chris, I have taken advantage of this deal today, as a matter of fact, during SmackDown. I went there because I broke, I broke my nose hair trimmer. And oh, as a, no. And, well, as a balding man, or as a bald man... I am convinced the hair just recedes into your body and just decides to grow out in other places. I,
0: I call this the redistribution of the follicles. Yes.
1: So I got I got the hair. I got the ear hair that's I gotta trim. I got the nose hair. I can get out of control now that we're on camera. I gotta be a little bit more conscious of that. So I went there and used uh, the thing to get a new. Uh, they call it the weed whacker, uh, but uh, they're mostly about uh, below the waist trimming and you don't want to use the same trimmer you use on your face as uh as the balls that's just nasty uh i have the lawnmower here that i am uh, oh you have yours too I, I have my too. on video oh, we, we have it oh are you playing the guitar with it i don't think this is how the product was intended
0: <laughs> it picks up on your electromagnetic pickups too people you could do this <laughs> you could be the next tom morello you, you, uh,
1: I do really like in this 3.0. I, I can't say enough about this thing. Uh, the charger that they gave, that they provide with the 3.0. Cause it used to be just this USB cord that you had with an outlet thing, but now you got a little base here oh, that's to nice. log it in.
0: That's, nice. Yeah, that's I, nice. I
1: really like that a lot. Uh, of course we have the, the crop reviver ball toner. For, although it doesn't it doesn't it, come it, up because the, of my all background of this is just is getting ghost. gobbled
0: up by the background people, but
1: people this, this uh, is a, my valued forward, razor, a valued racer a valued racer this is still an audio show uh, crop preserver ball deodorant because dude if you've been if you've been sweating or anything like that and you're sitting down sometimes you take it with it Ugh. what's that and it's you it's you you pig <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to smell your duck butter get that, get that stuff clean so yeah, Manscaped hooked us up with a bunch of tools and we we do really like them here. They are they are high quality stuff. You will not get nicked or cut or any of those other things that you used to have problems with. The light really helps you, you know, laser see what you're doing. laser
0: sniper. Laser sniper. Laser sniper right. it. In the dark, you can be on target no matter what
1: and and plus they will throw in two free gifts into their perfect package a pair of high performance manscape boxer briefs They'll uh, keep your junk feeling fresh all day and a travel shed bag and i like this i don't think they'll show up cuz again black background oh but i could get in there if i go uh, no, close no
0: no no the it's bag nice. is it's... good I, Yeah, my mine, mine's over. no it's like the the bag is good um the, even the t-shirt they threw in was it's a good t-shirt um like no all manscapes products are really great um so again, i i am 20... legitimately oh. glad that they're sponsoring our show
1: yes Trim that junkie or get 20% off with of free shipping with code ROPES at manscaped.com. 20% off again with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROPES. Unlock your confidence. And as always, use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. the last piece of news as we go into wrestling talk here the ratings are out and Jeff just closed his window. There you go. The ratings. NXT improved 841,000 viewers, 0. 0.23 in the demo, up 4.5%, uh, uh, up 4.4, 4. what did I write here? Uh sorry. anywhere <laughs> we up 26% total in the demo, uh, or actually up 28.5% in the demo. AEW, 1.104 million viewers, still second on their night, down 9%, 0. 0.37 total, 15, down 15% in the demo, but that's mostly due to uh, the challenge season finale they were going up against. There is a chance next week that AEW is the number one show on cable on Wednesday night.
0: I think it's doable for them. I, I think they could settle in at over 1 million, Um, which, okay, so now kind of forensic We analysis. said that's
1: the Mendoza line. We said that's, yeah. that's the line of, yeah. uh, of they demarcation. They need to be there. Yeah. The Rubicon being crossed, this makes them a player if they can maintain above a million a week.
0: Yeah, no. And grow um, on it. it, Right, right. And Vince's initial strategy of sucking away some of the viewership appears to have actually been somewhat effective. Um, Just with two weeks of that removed now, and with the smattering of that being removed when it was happening in 2020. um, Now, with all that cleared out of the way, there's room for them to run. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up. And, I uh, I think, you know, you get, get eyes on the product. That's good. Um, are you going to do the right things to keep eyes on the product? Uh, and, and we can get into AEW as they're kind of reordering themselves and, uh, see if they're doing that.
1: I thought it was a savvy, savvy move to make the main event Darby Allen and jungle boy. Okay. You're two young enough up and comers. Pretty good match. Wouldn't say it was great, but it was pretty damn good. I was entertained a, as hell by it. Yeah. And uh, yes, go for the youth market because nobody else is. WWE puts their young, I mean, we talk about, the. we talk about, You know, we can be crass about and say thirsty women demo for the young hot up and comer. We were talking about that with Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza when they were on the come a bit. Uh, but, you know, all the guys, all, they, they like, to, WWE likes to wait and see if their guys can be stars as opposed to, you know, putting the rocket to them too early and then them falling on their face and, and all those other things.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that the main event, if the idea was we want to mm-hmm. showcase the two young guys, the main event was a good opportunity to do that. Um, I would have liked, I think Jungle Boy needs to win stuff. At a certain point in his life, uh, I, I think Jungle Boy continues to be the bridesmaid, not the bride here. And uh, that that's a bit of a problem.
1: Is that an effective story in modern day television?
0: Not the way they're telling it.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, the I Jurassic
0: Express as the two tag along buddies to Jungle Boy's hero's journey is not doing it for me. Um, Mark, Luchasaurus and Marco don't amplify Jungle Boy. Um, they're just his tag team partners. They don't, they don't build his character out.
1: And, and the visual, I mean, I thought it was a, I understand why they did. They wanted to get Sting and Luchasaurus out of there. But the visual of that was cartoon character versus men to me. I, 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 it, it just, I think Jungle Boy and, and this feels like because it feels like Jim Ross has been forcing it this entire time. It's time to go to Jack Perry. Yeah. You can make it a nickname, but the whole look looks kinda Chikara-y, y, I would I would say. It's a little too uh, jungle childish. Jungle Boy
0: is just like not he needs to be Jungle uh, Man. He needs to become Jungle it's, Man. It's like not an he could be Jungle Jack Perry, right? Like like just jungle. Um, like that, that's his nickname. His nickname is jungle, uh, and, you know, Jack jungle Perry. Um, you can have him have signature moves named after jungle stuff. You can have an homage to it, but jungle boy is not a world champion name. Jungle boy is at best a mid card champion name.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will, I will give a, I will give a comparison and this will make me a hypocrite in some ways. And I get that. I I will be made a hypocrite, but you know, it's not the first time the same criticisms people had about Bailey in her face incarnation on the main roster apply to Jack Perry. There's a limited window where this thing's going to work until it's like, all right, (laughs) needs to stop being a boy needs to grow up a little (laughs) needs to appeal to adults, I guess. I don't know. Am I wrong on
0: that? I don't know. There's probably more to... juice to okay, this than so the Bailey he, thing. He doesn't need to appeal to adults. It's just like if you're gonna be the kids act, you are. You're you're saying yes. North American Sealing. title and lower, please. Please yeah, put that TNT ceiling title. over me. Yeah, TNT Run. title and lower, please. <laughs> what, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking tag, about. Yeah, tag title. I, I'm gonna be. We're gonna be the tag team. I want the Lucha House Party to be like a, a Dollar General version of the New Day. It's the New Day yeah. with dinosaurs. Yeah.
1: Well, we start on AEW. Let's let's go through some let's of the things for that we we're thinking. Um I know what I'm going to end with, so I got two other notes in here. Chris Jericho, perhaps for people who turned off Shake Them Ropes last week because they were mad at the overlapping audio and did not refresh the feed or Or, get to hear it. Or or
0: just went and checked out the video feed, which you can find on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube page.
1: (laughs) Oh, that was slick. Uh, (laughs) uh, Chris had a very great Great comment, Terry. And it got doubled down again this week concerning Chris Jericho. People are enjoying these promos a lot more than I am. Because I just, your point last week was this, and I will sum it up for you and you can expound on it a bit. Is It's a style of comedy where the heels don't get a good comeback off of it. You know, they don't get, I mean, I, I assume they're going to win this match. I assume that's going to, unless they get a beat down during the parlay. And oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And then the baby feet get that. But Jericho's style here is, is not, I just want to see these guys be fiery and want to fight. I don't want to see the jokes. I thought Santana did a pretty darn good job. Here in terms of his seriousness. I think Sammy's doing okay. (laughs) Hager tried (laughs) with the you know, he had he had the straw thing in there. You know, the prop comedy was there. But Jericho's the weak link in these promos for me in terms of I this is a blood and guts match. Dude, the pineapple
0: is trying to make fetch happen. Oh oh, it it, it is it is so cringe to watch him force the issue on the pineapple, and I—it's dad I, joke. That's a dad it, no, it's, joke. It's it's dad joke, and like that is—that's is kind of an example of what I was getting at last week, where it's like a thing that, like, how does MJF or the Pinnacle react off of this? Like, it, it is—it's dumb. It's not funny. It, this is also like a new faction, and and I'm I'm with you. I actually my knock on. All of the factions in AEW right now is different from... I've seen other commentary on the factions, and I basically don't agree. But my complaint with them is it's very predictable, or at least... I wouldn't say predictable. There's a very natural way each one of these feuds should go in each one of these faction wars. and In the case of the Inner Circle Pinnacle one, the natural order of things is... Should be that Pinnacle ultimately triumphs, but I'm starting to think that Inner Circle wins the gang part of this, and then MJF wins the singles match part of this. I, I will say that for his part, MJF's promo was very good this week, uh, although I couldn't help but notice that he brought up the Jericho rub thing, which is might have been a talking point on this show at various points.
1: I could not help but notice that uh, one Sean Spears was not there. I have the feeling they're gonna that he's gonna take the loss, but then it's gonna be more of a beatdown on the inner circle. But they're eventually he's gonna get zabiscoed out of the crew. I don't know. Um, do I go into my pinnacle point here? Because this is a good thing. Yeah, I guess so. I think pinnacle has another problem. And that pinnacle is not the most elite stable in AEW. That's the elite. And you can't, ha- you can't have.
0: They're literally called the to- pinnacle. Pinnacle sits at the top. When, it, yes. The, the tagline is when you're in the pinnacle, you're on top. And so like, what is pinnacle going to do? They should be feuding with the elite. They should be yes. feuding with. Yeah. Like, they really should be like, it's what they, those guys have everything that what MJF and the revival and all of them want. They have all the gold. Yes.
1: it's like why why are we dealing with this inner circle thing because yeah. it's not it's not quite personal enough. It is for MJF and that would have that would make this a little bit cooler. But <laughs> you have two factions calling themselves the best and one clearly is getting second billing here and it's it's hard to it's hard to rectify that in some ways to me. I I'm not saying well, well, Jeff, you know, you can't have two top factions. It would be great to have two top factions. They're not built, building this pinnacle as a top faction just yet to me.
0: No. And it. I think long term, the presence of the elite as a faction continues to pose a problem for pinnacle. Because decommissioning the elite as a faction at this point is at minimum a quarter year away. Uh, they they are going to. I mean, Omega's got the pay per view up here. We seem to be setting the table for the Moxton Moxley Kingston stuff. Adam Page might be getting back into the picture here against against the Elite. Like it seems like the Elite have a good three to four months worth of programs left. Um, meanwhile. MJF's group, which claims to <laughs> Stop be... Stop playing t- with your
1: cats and do the show, I have Chris, brought
0: three on. into the show this week. I'm going for the cat trifecta, all four, on the video feed, which you can find on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube page. Go and check it out, people. Um, but I think that um, we are at least six months away from MJF finally being able to insert himself into the title picture when, I guess, presumably Adam Page wins the title. Like, you know, I I don't know who beats Omega. And then that's the other problem. It's not a quick line to getting the belt onto MJF either because you got to go from Omega, transitional champion. Do you really want to do transitional babyface champion? And, And then... And then MJF, you could say, oh, we're going to put him in the chase. But transitional babyface in the chase after losing the belt, that is not a great slot. Historically, that doesn't play out well for the, the performer who gets tasked with that role. Um, so I, that's my problem with Pinnacle, as, as I think they're you know, a fundamentally fine faction. But, like, I guess MJF needs to win the North American title from Darby Allin relatively quickly here.
1: TV title. TNT title.
0: T- TNT north whatever. They're all mid-card title. I'm just going to call mid-card <laughs> mid-car title. Mid-card title Goldman, yeah. 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 Uh,
1: Alex Aberhantes as as part of a uh, death triangle.
0: Pentis says, "I'm another corner on this triangle." <laughs> this is
1: <the laughs> This is the dude who leaves the office job to join a motorcycle gang. I just I I, the lameness of the dancing, I don't know if I'm endeared by it or if I'm annoyed by it. <laughs> what you, help help me out, Chris. Am I being too harsh on this? I, for a, for well, a team with Penta.
0: Okay. who is sports, so, inter- he's
1: sports entertainment Penta, right? Yes, right. Now, right yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spentagon Jr. Uh, I... I like Ibrahante's. I fi- if, if I'm speaking my, my truth, I find him entertaining. I okay. I hate what we're doing with Pentagon. So I have to calibrate against the fact that I absolutely loathe this Pentagon character. And so in the context of this Crap House Pentagon character, I like Ibrahante's inclusion In a more serious presentation of Pentagon, I would not want Ibrahantes anywhere near him. But honestly, I wouldn't necessarily want Phoenix anywhere near him either. I would want Penta as a solo act. And like I I don't think Phoenix adds to Penta's act. I like Phoenix. Um I think he's a good wrestler and everything. I just he he's not he's not a complimentary heel to Penta in the right way. And I think Penta is just like this. Watch those old Lucha Underground episodes from seasons one and two. He's just He just is. He he just is this force of nature on those shows.
1: And now a litmus test to see if the angles that they run on AEW are effective. Chris Novembrino. What is the name of the gentleman who had a balsa wood chair broken over his
0: head? His name is Camarado.
1: Okay effective took you a, took you a second or two that should be instant that's a main event angle type that this is this is a this is a spot with a long and storied tradition in the Rhodes family of course first used by Dusty I believe I believe Ray Trailer as Big Bubba Rogers was the first to get this one
0: yeah 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 uh,
1: he may have used it in Florida before that but I, I I don't remember that he used it prior to the war games on Ming to help make him look like a th- more of a threat when it was bodyguard Ming as part of the Stud Stable, as you might recall. Ming, by the way, not in that War Games match, which is very weird. I mean, I am I wrong? Did they do this spot with Wardlow before Cody and Wardlow? Because I swear they did it in AEW, and I, I I'm not sure if I'm misremembering
0: or you not. you know the problem with this spot is that we have desensitized chair shots yes and so chair shots don't have the oomph that they do that they should and in order for this spot to be cool right it's got to be a wood chair because you need to do it and then like the chair explodes but the person stands still like that's the visual um but it yes, makes no
1: sense in the context of metal chairs that's the whole thing right in, like, in a world oh, gimmick in a world chair. Where-
0: where we had unprotected chair shots in all of the late 90s, and yes, we got away from that, but like people still, I mean, video game, wrestling video games, you grab a chair and you hit someone with the metal chair and you keep hitting them with the metal chair over and over again. I mean, what we would want is something that we obviously can't do, where Camerato gets hit in the head with a steel chair to just like kabong, like dents, and like Camerato's still standing there. That's not safe. I don't want him to actually do that. But like visually, what we as the audience are conditioned to want is essentially something of that level of gravity. And so I, I feel like the exploding wooden chair spot is out of time because we don't have wooden chairs as a regular feature of wrestling.
1: You know, I think you're right. And I think also just moving on from that spot, and doing the rest of the show desensitizes it too. If this ad ended the show and you really wanted to make Camarado a thing, like a main event type of thing. And the problem is he's up against the, the nightmare family, which this is a mid card feud. Yep. And this is not the time to pull out that, that spot just yet. There are other things you can do. Now, when you want to elevate this QT factory, thing as, as a as a crew to be reckoned with, then you pull this out. But doing this mid-show and going, well, moving on, as opposed to, oh, my God, did you see that? And then just fading to black? I think that would have been the stronger choice.
0: Yeah, no, or, or I mean, Marshall needs to cut a promo about a go-go and Camarado mm-hmm. at this point. Um,
1: I did really appreciate them a over. go I did appreciate a go goes as a Brit. I can't stand being here in America. There is some animus. Really?
0: You like oh, that, dude?
1: There, there, are, dude. If you talk to British sports fans and like British people on the F4W board too, there's a lot of national pride in there as to you, know, you Yanks, you're uncultured, you're this, you're that. I know it's a trope, but it's real too. There, there's a lot, of, and you know, and I'll troll them. I, go, oh, I, don't, I don't talk to people in third world countries. <laughs> We're not third world. <laughs> uh, know, when I want to be edge lord, yeah. I'm kidding.
0: I but yeah no that's real. Found it to be very uncompelling. I think it's weird that they the guys Agogo is saying next to all effectively free from America. He's like America sucks, and like they have no reaction to it and QT's just like I'm going to get you your money. It's like almost like not I mean there's people who aren't particularly political, but like th- this was be st- Beggared belief uh, when it came to the level of apoliticality to have someone just be like, "America is a crap country that doesn't do anything right." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I hope you get paid, good sir. Uh, like, come on. I, I don't know. I, I
1: appreciated I d- it. I, I will disagree here. I like that he. I like that he made number one. He made it about money, which is a good thing. I, I'm I here for wrestlers m- making things about money.
0: Wouldn't mind that part. But I
1: also don't. I don't also. Do, I also don't want a deep, deep introspection about the. Issues at the labor party. <laughs>
0: and so, this is the other thing is I just don't like, I, I don't want to beg the question of, well, what's so jingoism, bad about you it. You
1: don't want it. You don't want jingoism in your wrestling.
0: No, I think it ends up being, it's not that I don't want jingoism in my wrestling. I'm not like, you know, Oh wow. I, I never want to see a Nikolai Volkov match ever again. Get that crap off my TV. Cancel. <laughs> oh, I Volkov. never want
1: to see a Nikolai Volkov match. Well, again. No, the, those are, stink.
0: those things those, those, sunk. Yeah. Like that's why you don't want to watch any of those. Um, but I, uh, what I am also saying is in these times, it is really hard to tease out further some of these storylines. It sounds like on initial foray, okay, British guy who hates America, easy, home run, classic wrestling trope. But when you got to do the week to week of like, what is this British guy not like about America? Uh, all, all it. it, it you know your
1: it, fatty foods and your yeah, it, <laughs> and your good dental care and your
0: yeah yeah no you know it's, all the
1: tropes of the British heel
0: yeah it, come it, on it's tricky to update that into 2020 with the way politics are these days so I don't I don't <laughs> think it's as um are five percent
1: tariffs on steel and. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something yeah, really against people. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I don't your know. Your two
1: thirds needed to propose a constitutional amendment. Screw that, people. <laughs> we need is
0: I can't believe you guys don't have a House of Lords. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's what I want. Uh,
0: go, go, cut
1: a promo,
2: no, Darby. We, we, oh, where are your knights?
1: Where
0: are your knights? I've been
2: oh, no, looking see, that's, all that's, over. That's, yeah, yeah.
1: That's the dumb way to do it. The smart way to do it is like, where's your bicameral legislature with, where's your shadow parliament in the front row of your house of Lords? Yeah. I, uh, I don't have anything else for AEW. Do you have any notes? I mean, the um, Christian match was okay. It, uh, The
0: Christian match was okay, is it, it, a fair way, but he looked a little gassed at the end of it. Outwork everybody. I don't know. Maybe work on the cardio. Um, mm-hmm. Sheeta and Tay Conti, I thought, was oh, pretty, God, pretty good. Go. Pretty good. Go. Yeah, uh, I, I, look, uh, there are a few points where Sheeta and Conti kind of weren't perfectly in rhythm with one another, but like. Take Conti. WWE will definitely look back and go like, "Man, we really missed out on her. We didn't. We did not get her. We were sitting on. We were sitting on her and didn't figure it out with her." Um, I think she's really good. Uh, I, I enjoyed Dark Order politely applauding Sheeta as she came out. I, I like. I like. I like what Dark Order has become in a weird way. Uh, I th- I think that the, having a feel-good babyface faction is good. Uh, that you can actually get behind. And yeah, I. I I liked, I liked this match. Um, Sheeta is not a great narrative delivery device. However, the in the ring stuff with Sheeta always vastly outperforms her acting.
1: Yes. Yeah. And plus, she's translating things in her head to, you know, second language and then out. I thought, ta- I take Auntie, I thought was fantastic in this match. I'm going to one up you. I, I, was she perfect? No. Was she Sasha Banks? No, she was damn good here. And she, she was made a, I think she was made in this match. I don't know. I, you know, it, it's if I'm Tony Khan and I'm in the back watching this, I go after Britt. The person I want with this belt is probably Tay Conti. Unless somebody else comes along. I would be looking at that. Yeah. Not that I want not that because I, because I do think Britt Baker's taking the belt off of Sheeta.
0: Yeah, it's time. Yeah, no. I it's time. It's time. No, no. She she does in a way. She has been a perfect baby face champion. She's great. um, Yeah, because she's sort of flavorless. Um, I don't, and I'm not trying to say that super pejoratively. Um, but she is sort she is sort of flavorless, and like I think it it makes the transition to Brit the heavy character. Um, like uh, like a real good contrast, and Brit's great. Um, And also, yeah, I I think that there's real intrigue between Tay Conti and Britt Baker as a match. I think they'll have a good match eventually. Um, You know, I think Conti will have a good match against Thunder Rosa on on her way, too.
1: The good thing about Sheeta is that she is like a screen for which Britt Baker can project upon to make her even more of a heel. Sheeta's just a good person who works hard. You know, defends her title against all comers, will defend against friends. And Britt's the big baddie who's gonna take it away and then she will get heat for that. And, and then, she's like and
0: a bad friend too, like she's she doesn't she just sees everyone as an equal. Um like even people who are on on the A AEW rankings beneath her, she like looks at Tay Conte as her friend and her equal and like someone she respects. Britt Baker doesn't even know Reba's name.
1: Yes, it's Rebel, is it Reba? Doesn't matter or, uh, Back to, back to Tay Conti. I believe this was her longest match of her career. And I think she, she didn't gas. She did perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. She probably forgot a spot here and there, but yep. I will forgive it. I thought, man, uh, you know, <laughs> if Statlander has half the stuff that she had before she left Rio coming back in, there's some free agents on the market you could add in here and 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 season it. It's women's division is is coming back a little bit strong. We still have and you know, we saw a big swole in here. Isn't that bad? We have and we have some youngins in uh red velvet and uh uh K- Kylan or whatever her name the 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 taller woman that's with her in that in that stable. Cause they now have they now we now have female stables in the women's division. You know, we have uh J- we have Jade Cargill and God knows how we're Okay, I'm gonna ask this: Would you? Well, I guess we we have to have Cargill get seasoning, right? We we can't can't just put the title on her and have her take it off Ashida. Of
0: no, no, you have. To, I think you got to give it to Britt because I, I like Jade too, but you got to give her seasoning. And the the thought of giving Jade lots of long matches with all these different people up and down the yeah. roster, I think, is is too much too soon.
1: Gotta keep building her. Gotta keep yeah. getting longer and longer and longer matches. Yeah. Bring in yeah. some cheese, bring in a Mickey James, bring back in a Serena Deeb to have her guide through her first yeah. couple of long yeah. matches, see what she has. Yeah. No, I I, w- I would agree there. Anything else for Mew on AEW?
0: Um Billy Gunn uh looks pretty ridiculous for a guy who is in his mid fifties. Uh Like he's
1: the visual of him going in there and fighting while his kids cheer him on is a little ridiculous too, as we haven't gotten a lot from the other members of the gun club other than elevation. And and yeah, I get that. Uh, Uh,
0: I mean, he's not a
1: compelling story for me.
0: No, it's not a compelling story for me. I don't really care about Colton and Austin and yeah, no, it's not good that Billy's the most interesting member of the gun family still, um at 57 we should feel good. We should look at Billy like Bullet Bob Armstrong. But like we like Brad and we like some of these other young up and coming Armstrongs and we're not necessarily thinking, "Oh man, Bullet Bob's going to have another match." Uh if Bob
1: Armstrong were doing better living through chemistry like uh like Billy Gunn. I'm not saying that as a pejorative. I'm saying that as well, he got caught doing. <laughs> like this no, at, no, in his he, 50s. he totally
0: no. He totally did a weightlifting competition and then got disqualified yes. for for doing performance so, so, enhancing so, drugs. Don't so like, get on me about Stop. this because, no, hey, that's documented. That's one hundred percent documented.
1: Because trust me, it's not like I'd be more. I've thought about it at this age too, doing some little HGH stuff, you know, to get the get the get some testosterone therapy going to, you know, have my youth for once because that was taken from me horribly. Uh, but, Yeah. What I'm saying is, yeah, if, if, if Bob Armstrong looked like that, he would have been monster over probably just doing the wiggle the butt stuff. But there's something to be said about being the 57 year old, that legend that people want to root for. Yeah. You know, that one last run thing that, uh, that guy who's going to sacrifice himself you know, for the good of the company or something like Armstrong would, when he was commissioner, he'd come back one time, probably get beat, come back in a mask and trick people, eventually be commissioner again. I, you know, I like that. And I understand what Billy was doing here. And I thought, I thought he did a good job. I, I don't see the value in building up QT Marshall, to be honest with you, especially if you're, his guys are going to cheat for there him. Are in too, the match.
0: Th- this is the other on factions. There are too many in this sense, like, where is the factory in the spectrum of heel factions right now? They're at best the third. Uh, they are
1: second from, they are second from the bottom with that yeah. Dr. Luther serpent one being right, at the bottom, yeah, yeah,
0: right, right. No, they're above Dr. Luther. Uh, but they are um, definitely below pinnacle who are in the middle The ironically named Pinnacle, and uh, they're below the elite, and I feel like oh no, triangle. They're below. Below below um, Taz's faction, Death Trials babyface. They're below Matt Hardy's
1: faction too. I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, they're like fifth. They're fifth, and like this Cody feud. It's too. There's there are too many stories going on right now in AEW, and I do think that that is a fair criticism. As opposed to
1: feuds, as opposed to, like, real hate-driven things? Yeah, yeah. We're doing narratives?
0: Yeah, it's like the Nightmare Family story is a big old story, but it's not, it it doesn't have a lot of heat to it at this point. Or momentum.
1: And how do you get heat for that other than, oh... (laughs)
0: You know how you get heat? I'll answer that question. You get heat from that by booking an episode of Dynamite that is centered around the Nightmare Family. And the Nightmare okay. Family gets gets focused on, um, they're the main event, their interviews, their storytelling. And and a problem with AEW is that they, they might do that on one episode. Maybe maybe uh, they listen in again and, and magic words find their way on my TV screen uh, yet again and something like that happens. Um, but. What happens the next week is also as important. The next week has to keep moving through. Um, If it's the pinnacle, it's the pinnacle. If it's the nightmare family, it's the nightmare family. But we need to keep kind of building up. And, and so often, like the Hardy family. Uh, the Hardy family, Matt Hardy, contract thing, butcher, blade relationship. um, We sort of... Got a little bit of that in the post-match mazzarinos um, that happened this week. But, like, we haven't actually really expanded on the Hardy family stuff. And it might be upwards of a month, um, like, from the last time that we saw it before we see the next beat in that story. And that's too long. And that is a very AEW thing. Um, there, There is a beat a really long pause. And then you see the next beat in that story. And, and unless you're the elite, uh, and then you're getting coverage uh, on a regular basis every week.
1: Yeah. From a storytelling perspective, they fault either one of two ways. It's either they don't tell the story enough and they leave it for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And then they come back to it or they're trying to tell every story every week. Like, a, like a game of Thrones episode where we have to check in on every single kingdom every single time when you don't have to do that you can focus on all right here's what's happening in house Lannister
2: what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice addressing podcast network and I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network it's eufy and let me tell you a little bit about their newest product the eufy video smart e330 this isn't your everyday smart lock this is a smart lock a 2k camera yuffieofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network for 45 minutes and we'll have
1: you know a 15 minute aside with the dragons or whatever but you know you know what I'm saying there
0: yeah yeah no um, and I, I, AEW's episodes I think are better when they're more like kind of some of those old episodes of TNA Impact um, when they you know, used to go. I mean, like there used to be too much stuff on some of those episodes of TNA Impact, but those at least made for a more compelling watch than than the story this week, especially if you don't care. Let's say you're not a huge fan of the elite storyline with Kenny Omega. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like you're stuck in that for too long.
1: Agreed. Give a shout out right now to our second sponsor, MyBookie.ag wing this copy because the copy's too old but hey kids we are getting into money time because we are about to get into playoff season with the nhl and the nba hey the nba or the nfl draft is this weekend i believe or is it next weekend jeff can't remember but it's around this time and it's coming so that's right around the corner hey you know what no matter the sport no matter the minute my bookie puts the action in your hands Sign up today at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ROPES to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Make sure you use our promo code so they know we hooked you up. Promo code ROPES. Look, they got... Oh, you bet on the Oscars. That's this weekend. They got betting for that. They got betting on non-sports things. If Look, if you're not into sports, you just want to bet pop culture. They got who's going to die first type of prop bets. Hey, if you're grim, you can do those types of things. Baseball is underway. All the in-game betting, all the in-game parlays, all the in-game in- inning by inning. You can bet on certain things that happen. You can bet on players how they will perform. You can bet on teams and how they will perform over the season, over the night. What, what, whatever, whatever you want to do. Look, trust me. I've, I've used my bookie. I used it during the NCAA tournament. Broke even, but I did use my promo code ropes. Uh, once again, mybookie.ag. Use code ropes because let's face it, sports is far more interesting when you put money on them. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. Again, we thank them for sponsoring us throughout the year. Just want to know what they have to say, but hey, come on back. We love them. Uh, mybookie.ag. Okay, palate cleanser. Chris did not watch NXT UK. I did. I enjoyed it. It's a fun hour.
0: To be had. What was uh, my th- boy Joseph Connors up to this week? I want the Connors report. It's time.
1: Up yours. Up yours, you jerk. Whoa, yes, he was on whoa, this show. Whoa. He was he he was, he was seconding uh, the lovely Ginny in, in her match this week, which he won. Called out. So, uh, so
0: you're telling me Ginny was accompanying Joseph Connors?
1: I, I do not because, look, that's going to be Slapjack's job soon. Enough. Well,
0: whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, him be, off you know, okay. All right. All right. You you I will I will exit out of the zoom call again so fast. Dress buddy. dress
1: him up something, you know, with something thing. Take off the hockey mask. And you got, you know, you got bootleg Joseph Connor. Ginny
0: him. should be so lucky as to be paired with Slapjack. <laughs> she could <can> be Slap <laughs> Ginny. She could be Slap Gin.
1: I'm not going to go through the entire show, but I, there was one thing that just tickled me pink it did and that's a weird phrase to use because i'd never use it but it made me very happy as an old school railing against certain things and wrestling that i don't like things so gallus uh, 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 uh main gallus guy joe coffee joe is coffee. fighting is fighting eddie dennis and he gets the pin on eddie dennis and then primate and t-bone come out for a post-match shenanigans. Chris, this was, this was what I want in post-match shenanigans. There were no wrestling moves. There's no you know, power bombs or flips or dives. This was stomping a guy, punching, uh, Tyson Tebow punching guys. I just want, I, I, I want the violence to resonate a little bit more. And I think it doesn't resonate when you're doing moves on you guys in a match beatdown.
0: Now you hit your finisher. Yes. Now you hit your finisher. No, I, I cannot. You're absolutely right. You, you've <laughs> identified or you put your finger on a thing that drives me crazy. And I don't even realize it drives me crazy. But, like, now that you say it out loud, no, I, I hate it. Um, it is so annoying in, in, in an impromptu assault to have, like – even Irish whips and stuff, uh, like, especially when it's like, I need to Irish whip you so I can hit my power pop-up power bomb. It's too much. Just go down and beat the crap out of the guy. Um, and maybe at the very end when they are limp, pick them up and then hit your finisher on them as just like the period at the end of the sentence, but it should not be like the thing that breaks them down.
1: Again, another solid main event as well. Mustache Mountain defeating Shaw Samuel and uh, Noam Dar. That was a fun little match, too. I, I really enjoyed that. Next week, we're getting Gallus versus uh, the new Hunt. Eddie, Eddie Dennis. team. Where, where's my boy Hitchman? Where's, where's the wild boar? Is he getting dental surgery, too? Because he needs teeth.
0: You know plastic how Vince surgery. and Kevin Dunn, plastic, plastic fi- Vince and cover. Kevin Dunn, have been very <laughs> critical about certain performers on the roster, Jeff. I'm not making a statement one way or another. I'm not telling you any reporting I may or may not have. I'm just saying Vince and Kevin Dunn have a history of being critical about the cosmetic appearances of people.
1: And if there's somebody they should be concerned, that's Mark Hitchman. Because
0: I, dude- I'll tell you what, Mike Hitchman. Uh, has been objectified by the fans. Some of (laughs) of the comments from some of you people, uh, you guys say that he doesn't want to just be reduced down (laughs) to his body, people.
1: I love that dude. I. I know. Just, I'm actually a huge fan. of I know I I
0: I, I I I came with love. I love Wild Boar. I think he's smaller, great.
1: scrappy. Has that weird the contacts work for him? He has dude, No, the teeth. contacts are
0: dope. Yeah, the contacts like and actually the no teeth work for him too. So like I you know he's great.
1: He looks like an animal. Put him. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, in a yeah. hardcore fed, I would love that guy. Ah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's save NXT. Because we need some positivity in the world, and let's just do some, whatever's coming up on the on the main roster. Uh, I'll, I'll pick up my notes. Wait,
0: wait, wait. whoa! We got to talk about Cool Kyle.
1: No, uh, that's NXT. We can stop. We can we can do that with NXT. I want to oh, okay. save the oh, so, NXT. You,
0: I thought you said say, okay, save NXT. Okay, all right, all right. I, I yeah, thought you said, like I, like, I, like, I want to talk about Cool
1: it. Kyle too. Okay. But I want to end on a positive note because the end of NXT was and and some of the matches in there were fairly positive. I thought.
0: No, no, that, that's true. No, I actually, I did, I really did enjoy that show. Uh, cool, Kyle was was an outlier uh, from what was otherwise a good show. We're going main roster time now. Yeah. Uh,
1: Raw. I have three notes here. First of all, something great, something absolutely spectacular that they should do more of. This Bad Bunny promo with Damian Priest in their native language talking to actual media. That's how you make
0: stars, guys. He was so good. He was so good at this promo. And you guys want to be world wrestling entertainment. Let people speak in languages (laughs) other than English and then put good prestigious looking captions underneath them. It will make them sound smarter. One, because they're speaking in their native tongue, which they're more comfortable with doing. Two, because you can actually if you need to punch up what they said, you can punch it up a little bit in the captions. But also people with good looking words underneath them always come off as smarter. It's just it's like uh it's like you know on like news where they have the crawler underneath it and it makes it feel like more of a newscast. Same idea. It's just like a weird psychosomatic gravitas enhancer. And I thought Bad Bunny's English promo from a few weeks prior to WrestleMania wasn't bad. This was way better than that. And it got across even more that this guy absolutely 100% l- loved being a part of this whole process. And I thought he was great. Um, I, I want more of it. Yeah, I agree.
1: Vince McMahon got into the office late. By office, I mean the arena. Yes, on, on Monday afternoon. Started tearing up the script, as some of you may have noticed because plugged for this show originally was Randy Orton versus Braun Strowman. That did not happen. In fact, it felt like they were going to be doing the same show from last week because it started out with Drew McIntyre and then Cedric and Shelton versus the war Raiders. Adnan Verk week two, <laughs> not, not showing himself in glory by calling, calling it again, the Viking express when it's a Viking experience, he's trying
0: I don't they know. have a horrible I, name. I, I, the Viking Raiders are horribly named.
1: Yes, <laughs> the War Raiders would have been better. I agree. Yep. <laughs> uh, my other note: I <laughs> is this this Riddle Orton match? Now, don't get me wrong. For stupid comedy, the 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 promo that led to this match, I kind of kick off because I've watched that Orton. Stone Cold, uh, the Stone Cold Sessions or whatever he calls it on, on the network. And Orton came off really cool on that. Orton came off as a guy. Hey, look, I was, uh, I used to complain and my dad put me in my place and said, look, you are blessed to have been picked up so early and gotten this thing and Undertaker gave you you know, offense early. And he realizes this now as an older veteran, he goes, I want to kind of give back and then get yelled at by Vince for giving a young guy too much in a match now. And th- he came off as the coolest MFR on the planet on this show. To me, the promo, I di- I just died at Orton going, this guy annoys me to the point I want to punch him in the face. And I'm here for that. My problem here was the match. And I'll tell you why. It it's the type of finish as a jaundiced longtime WWE viewer where you know you know Riddle's gonna take three losses to an RKO because of it. And I don't know where Riddle got all that much out. He got a nice long match. It was I loved this match with Orton and Riddle. It was hard hitting. It was vicious. You saw kind of that thing that you really want, where that that light turns on and real, where he gets really pissed at some point. That happened, and that was nice. Yep. And I, yeah, I don't mean to steal your thunder if you were going to bring that up.
0: No, 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 no. But that, yeah, definitely. But the roll that. up
1: out of the RKO, as opposed to winning with his finisher, <laughs> that just screams to any knowledgeable fan. He's go- he's going to get offense in, but he's not winning this. Or or they're going to form a tag team. Which I don't know what's gonna happen, but RK Bro would be funny. He, 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 <laughs> did, gonna be he did already
0: fl- he did already float out RK Bro. That's already been yeah. put out into the ether. Uh, I have a problem with this in that Matt Riddle's character really is annoying, and yes. everyone saying Matt Riddle's character annoying is speaking a truth. He's not fun, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of want it's that see- hard,
1: kind of funny. It's it's that it's that. How do I put that? That sitcom character that annoys you, that was at first popular, it got the big crowd laughing, and so now they're going to put him in every episode. I don't want to no, say poochie, because it's not a, quite you were gonna
0: say, no, it's not quite poochie. I was going to say Urkel. Like, I going to say Steve yeah, Urkel. No, he, he's a bit of a Kramer. Steve Urkel. Yeah, it, it's, we, need, we need Kramer in every single episode, sort of like we need lots of Kramer. What's Kramer doing in this scene? Harpo
1: does something funny in the script, of the Marx Brothers type thing, yeah.
0: Uh, or or I, uh, early iterations of Bart Simpson where it was like how Cowabunga don't have a cow man and he didn't like actually have a real character. It was just catchphrases. Say phrases. the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it. Uh, say so, it. So, yeah. Um, I like this match. Uh, I thought that randy orton should be able to counter a rear naked choke into an rko i know it's like a really weird small quibble but like it just seems to me that a randy orton of all people should know how to take a sleeper hold and turn it into a cutter um but i actually really enjoyed the rear naked choke spots i like that riddle tenaciously kept going for that um it was a fresh pacing I, i like it when matches in this company don't have the wwe blocking we're like pattern yeah yes there's like a there's like a way that people move and locomote around the ring that that reeks of you've only ever moved in a wwe ring and like the thing that makes riddles matches nice is it like he he definitely doesn't do that. Riddle doesn't care about osmosing that. He's just trying to have a match inside of those lines, and it makes it feel like more of a match. And that is a consistent hallmark of Riddle's matches that I think is a real virtue of his.
1: I, I agree. I, I get so done because, like, you can watch a Seth Rollins match now and know the beats. Here he's gonna, and it feels like, and this is, goes to the Tanahashi criticism of, WWE is McDonald's. You're going to get the same thing every time, you know, here, here's this thing. Here's, it's, it's, Seth does a dive Falcon arrow, kick out this, that, the other, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I get done. This didn't feel patterned. They smacked the crap out of each other, which I dug. I mean, Randy Orton was taking some chest chops. He ain't taken it a while. And that, that chest, it ain't been chopped like that in a while. I, I, enjoy, I, this was a manly meaty hose me type of match and i really know it, it. it's
0: was... a reminder that randy orton still has a lot left to give um even at this at this stage when he wants to um and, and will have uh plenty left to give for a while because he doesn't give a lot all the time
1: then elias beat kofi kingston your former champion
0: i i and... mean I, let's really put elias on the <laughs> map though right this was given the the appropriate time to really linger, uh, and really for us the to, rub to Jackson yeah, really, really I, I thought I thought Kofi, and the worst part was just like a back and forth match. Like every time Kofi gets stuck in one of these back and forth matches with like Scrubzo Magoo and whoever Scrubzo Magoo's buddy is, uh, for the week, it's like <laughs> it just it just drags Kofi Kingston down one step further uh like like it it feels like he was never world champion,
1: yeah, <laughs> doesn't anyways to me <laughs> need to get away from the new day branding with him as champion yeah. to see what they had,
0: yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah
1: well, I mean that, that's that's problem plaguing big e now too, in my opinion,' is big e doesn't feel hot anymore either, uh the only other thing I had on raw about that was uh oh, th- yeah that and then uh. God, again, we're going to go through this a bit, I think, with SmackDown, less so with NXT this week, but the supernatural stuff. Oh, the Alexa thing. Horror movies are fine tropes to follow, but supernatural things in wrestling are bad. I don't care how well The Undertaker worked. Biker Taker and Reinvented Taker worked better. To me, in terms of longevity, once the supernatural stuff died a death, which it had to do naturally because fans didn't like. But oh, I pushed that bitch and she broke her arm. (laughs) You know that. that And
0: there's no. This story's just not interesting. I like. I you know there's no control group. There's no control. There's no right. Yeah.
1: But there's no thing for which the horror to affect in terms of. You know, you know, there's no camp where where the teenagers go to make out and don't watch the kids swimming and stuff and then all get stabbed to death. So you're shocked by it. It's it's just I I guess it was supposed
0: to be Nikki Cross, but Nikki Cross is so far in the rearview mirror that, like, I don't think it's supposed to be her. I'm not Uh, sure about
1: that. I thought I thought it was last week, but now I think it's just Alexa in a mask in a fiend mask.
0: Yeah, I, I it's just not. I don't know. Uh, it, it just it just lacks uh, there's no inspiration behind this it like when they are writing this stuff it seems like they spend a ton of time thinking about the visuals and think not in the slightest why those visuals would need to be there like wouldn't it be cool like if Alexa came, films <laughs> if, if alexa came out of a jack-in-the-box wouldn't that be cool yeah, I guess. Now, what actually makes me think of more is it's like Twin Peaks without any of the intrigue.
1: I just, How about Alexa comes out of a Jack of the Box? You mean box-like structure? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, build it. Well, why would she come out of a Jack of the Box? Doesn't matter, pal. It'll look good. You know, that kind of thing.
0: I'll, I'll figure that out. Um, And, and yeah, I know, especially with the rewriting of the show here this week. I'll tell you, uh, whoever wrote this show, you you start to wonder if maybe they're having memory issues because they can't seem to remember uh, the matches from last week. Easy.
1: Easy. Our friends will get mad.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, I wasn't, I, well, you told me that someone came in late in the day and decided that they oh, needed Vince, to rewrite. Vince, yes. Yeah. Yes. Vince, that Vince person. I'm, okay, not getting, I'm not getting, Matt, friends, said, I'm not getting mad at your friends. But you said, someone, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, saying that then. there's a certain person who's getting old and, and to do, do the reputable journalist thing commonly among those who get older, memory loss is an issue <laughs> that is typical among many Americans.
1: Including the host of this show at times who can't remember basic names of things he watched this week because it doesn't matter. Uh, more supernatural when he run down a little bit of SmackDown.
0: Dimples Correo uh, made uh, an appearance on uh, the show here.
1: I I had forgotten all about that and I don't care.
0: Okay, <laughs> it's just a shame. I'm just I'm noting that Dimples was on the show.
1: He's nothing there. I, you know, I am, uh, and this will serve also as a transition to the other show. The the women's division in raw and SmackDown is a little muddled. I am interested in your thoughts as to, um, are both of these Rhea Ripley slash Bianca Belair title reigns going to be long-term things you think, or is it the CM punk, Jeff Hardy, Daniel Bryan, first title Bailey, even first title runs where it's the toe in the water. And they go, well, we did that. And then, you know, you crush their spirits for a while and see how they react to it. And, maybe they can reinvent themselves in some way and then get a real title run. Are either of these women on that track and who? Yeah.
0: Ria is the one I think has the issues. Um, I think that I think Bianca, given the fact that we now see the street profits being linked visibly uh, Montez Ford uh, kind of helping advance Bianca's stories along lets me kind of think Bianca as champion probably a little bit longer term of a thing because Bianca losing the title is going to be like kind of a beat, uh, a moment. Whereas Rhea, I I mean, look. Uh, is she a
1: babyface or a heel now? That's my I'll question. T- they, they I'll
0: tell you, you what. I, I, the, the thing with Rhea that scares me is it, it just... Like we we opened the show talking about Mickey James, and it wasn't malice against Mickey James. It was having no real thought about what we're doing with her, one way or the other. And I really worry that with Rhea, it's like they called her up because they knew they had to call her up. They're like, "Well, the right thing to do is to call her up," and they're not wrong. Uh, you know, she's not they getting. Need to any other- of, they well, you they need
1: need to, to do, do it because of they need to do it because of the Charlotte thing. thing. Yeah, they, you're, well, you're, they had to do it for the Charlotte thing, but they didn't have a reason in story to do it. See, yeah, yeah. Char- Charlotte and Oscar was going to be the match at Mania, right?
0: Right, and so or sh- actually,
1: I, Charlotte and La- Charlotte and Lacey before that, probably, or who knows? So and this really does Charlotte feel like a rudderless
0: ship, and Rhea has been launched a couple of times here um, at this point, point. And, and I want to be clear yet again: this is through no fault of Rhea's. Um, This is just like this company has no plan, has seemingly had no vision for her Um, and or the people who have had a vision for her have not been able to successfully pitch that vision to the one person in the company who it matters.
1: I don't mind tweeners. Rhea hasn't done enough to establish herself as a tweener just yet. She's not good she a enough baby promo. Face.
0: She's not good enough promo to be a tweener. That she makes was her a baby
1: face the first two weeks, and then she became a heel when she threw a table at Oscar, and now she's trolling Charlotte, who's an obvious heel. Who is? <laughs> I found the Charlotte part talking to Oscar a little problematic, and I am not that guy who's that sensitive about such things. But the baby voice to an Asian person who can't speak English, bit of a
0: problem. Uh, I mean, it... it, You had your
1: eyes open. I thought you were going to say something.
0: No, no. I mean, I had my eyes open just because, like, I I agree. Like, I I was watching that. I was kind of like, holy hell, we're doing the... oh." I'm going to say it, she also did the I'm going to say it louder to very you because you're foreign. Very slowly and loud. Very slowly and loudly <laughs> because you're not foreign, you're also mentally deficient. <laughs> like, like, no, I, I mean, it was weird and gross. And I don't think it's Ashley Flair's instinct, I think that's what's getting scripted for her. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I did not, I did not enjoy that. Um, and, and it goes into a steady issue with Oscar's presentation. I also like, I think it's weird that like some weeks they got her doing stuff in English. Some weeks they got her doing stuff in Japanese. Like, I I don't know, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the, and then the kind of the blocking of this again. Okay. Rhea just beat Oscar. And now she's coming to interfere in Charlotte's match with Asuka, but she's interfering with Charlotte and probably interfering a little bit with, uh, with Asuka in there. It's just, it's like we have, this character is still brand new. She came in and she just knocked and she, she got a huge debut by winning the title at WrestleMania. Let's get some motivation in there. Let, let's build why this character is here and why she's important as opposed to, <laughs> hey, you saw her lose to Charlotte last year at Mania. And now she's back.
0: You know what she is? She's the problem we were discussing with The Fiend, only like in a person. She is a look without an actual character or a premise that underpins it. Like, Rhea Ripley. She looks like a million bucks, action movie star, rocker, like like we got a vibe off of her. And literally no characterization on the main roster. And it's been eons since we had any real characterization of her on the NXT roster. I have no idea what makes this character tick. I don't know why Rhea Ripley wants to be here. She's not even Shotzi Blackheart where she obnoxiously brings up her dad, (laughs) but like, at least there's like a reason she was doing that. And it's kind of like nice and sweet or whatever, but like I can recall character notes about, Shotzi um, and even Zoe Stark's weird glossed over past, like Rhea really has nothing. I in my head, it's a giant question mark about what is this character's past? What you know? What is their future? What motivates them? What drives them? Like what? What punk bands do they like? Uh, you know, I, what? What is the point? Why Rhea Ripley? Um, and it is it's the fiend Jack in the box, and Alexa comes out of it, and we don't know why.
1: What's what's Shotzi's uh, nickname or thing? It's like, you just, oh, I my saying, dad. Well, no, 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 no. It's like oh. the, the, the something something girl or something like that. Like, uh, the, uh, it, I was going to say, well, whatever you want to say about the tenants of that. At least it's an ethos. You yeah, know, yeah right. she has. She ha at least shot you know, OK, crazy girl who drives a tank and is going to throw her body all over the place kill herself for a match. It's an ethos. It's not a great fleshed out one, but it's an ethos at least.
0: No, I I'll I'll go I'll go a little bit further in Shotzi's defense. They've given us enough of a vibe about this character where I can picture Shotzi, um a, a younger Shotzi working with her dad, building out like a tank and like building out bikes and stuff and like working in a garage and that sort of thing. Um and now I can picture this Shotzi character, like, welding and, like, making making the tank and all of that stuff. I can at least imagine that stuff in my mind. With Rhea, I really – I the most I can contrive of her is she's at, like, a grind metal show and mosh-pitting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, yeah. like – it, 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 it's the but most she's not punk rock. Th-
1: she's she, she's not really punk rock. She's go-to-the-concert she, punk rock.
0: Right. You know? Like, and, and, and that's – I mean, I can picture Shotzi Blackheart, Welcome to the Ball Pit, is already that on steroids with more flavor and personality. Like, Rhea Ripley's character has nothing going on in it right now.
1: And as a transition to SmackDown, I love Aunt Pam. You know I love me some Aunt Pam. I thought that this promo by her was a misstep because of the trope of the sincere promo that they then do the bailout thing. Let me let me put this to you, Chris. Let me ask you this. Let's say, old heel Aunt Pam, still a heel. Bianca gets there after the phone call, which I, I it, it was very interesting staging. I kind of like that. You go, you go from the. <laughs> I want to call them the raw dogs, but that's not their name. What's her name?
0: Uh, the Zing- they're the dirty rude. dogs.
1: Dirty dogs. Thank you. Was Dolph doing animal house references and, and uh, to the street profits back to them. And then Bailey comes in and starts cutting her, cutting the promo say, you know, to, you know, to Kayla. And then Montez comes back with the phone, being on the phone with his wife, who's on the other side of the arena, which I kind of, I dig that. I dug that whole staging. It's like, I'll say it to her face. I'll say what I have to say to her face. Okay, great. Bianca's on her way here. Bianca gets there. This new champ on a fresh new high. And this heel, Bailey, looks at her, says, congrats, champ. Did a great job. Now you got me, or whatever. You know, that that first part of the promo there, that first entire promo, and she just leaves. And that just leaves Bianca doing that. That thing was a perfect reaction to that. What the hell is that? That was a mind screw. But you leave it at that. You don't. You don't do the bailout part of the, <laughs> where she comes out. Of a, I didn't mean any of that.
0: I hated. That's the part the, I hated. That the I, the I, I,
1: I, it's it's overused is the problem. It, it was it, overused by Alexa Bliss a few no, times. It's, it's overused.
0: What Shane McMahon did. Sasha. Is it, it, Shane McMahon did yeah. his build up to st- uh, Stupid Mania. Yeah, like... Yeah, to stupid... Uh, yes. Uh, to uh, fight...
1: Uh, the fight for the stupid.
0: Yeah, the fight for the... <laughs> yes. for, for, for every stupid American who's ever been stupid or called yes. stupid... ...or who's been called stupid while being stupid. Um, Yeah, no. I mean, that was... That was that move. I mean... Oh, I, I want to apologize to you for calling you stupid. Not!
1: Psych! I had my yeah, fingers psych. crossed. Yeah. Uh. I think i just... Calculating Bailey, in this character taking it to a new level after, let's say the end of the talk show. Sally Jesse Raphael Bailey was the smack by the Bellas, and she realizes she has to smarten up a bit. And she comes out and she just mind screws, <laughs> mind screws uh, Bianca by just saying "Congrats, champ," and walking off and leaving her like, "I thought we were gonna fight. I thought we were gonna do something." It takes that character to a new evil depth that I think would be awesome. I mean, she I think could even she could say pull something off. as
0: simple as, you know what? I'm done talking. And then walked off and leaving Bianca with yes. this, like, big question of, like, wait, what does that mean? Like, obviously, there's a next beat here. Something's happening. Bailey's not going to do the thing where she's just talking, talking, talking anymore. Like, what are we getting next?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, yeah. I just, I, I thought it was a bit of a misfire.
0: Number option. I'm
1: here for that match. I am here for that match, though. I think that match is going to be spectacular. But it's probably going to end in like a screw job with Sasha coming down or something to that effect. But Reggie, Bayley, Bechdel, uh,
0: Reggie Bechdel is yes. not dead. Reggie Bechdel. No. Reggie lives in our hearts no, I mean, and on our screens.
1: For the worst feud in wrestling right now, because Natty and Tamina have no cachet or cash. Depending on how you want to say that. I don't see the value in building this feud. We've, we've said we secretly like Tamina as a as a comedic person. I I I dig that, but uh let's build a new team in here or just finally split up split up this Naya uh Shayna team, which I mean we're we're going towards that. I mean, or my suggestion, and I've I've written our friends over over at the company. It's really time for Slapjack and Nia to get together here.
0: <laughs> it is not. It's time for Slapjack to launch Slapjack subculture, uh, which will be. Well, the subculture
1: can be him dating Nia and the and the fun and frivolity of that. They could they could get matching hockey masks. That's a different. T-
0: that is a different they type can- of subculture. <laughs> that that is a a fetishistic subculture, and that's not what Mister Jack is about. We could have
1: another shopping montage where they're trying on hockey masks and they're trying to kiss through the hockey mask and they're going to watch hockey, which has
0: hockey masks. uh, Nia Jax is uh, not (laughs) particularly good at at any of the roles or jobs that she's uh, tasked with. Uh, And uh, she should not be lumped in with Slapjack. I'm really excited, though, to see what Slapjack uh, brings to the roster here on SmackDown in a couple of weeks, and, and actually on a more serious note, Mia Yim coming over to SmackDown does actually have some intrigue for me because, like, I feel like Mia Yim's a person that they've had who's capable of turning in good matches, better matches than a lot of the other people they've been tapping on a more regular basis, and it would be nice to have her on the screen having some fresh matches with people.
1: Uh, I did the annotated version or basically blow by blow version of uh, Smackdown on Fightful this week. So I don't want to go too far into it, but I want to do one mention on two other things other than we, we had too many distraction finishes this week on Smackdown, especially we had like three of them. I think it's an overused trope. We got to stop that. But uh, Commander Aziz has debuted the spike as his finisher. That is, let's blow the dust off that. That's so old
0: they—they well, they debuted sport, that at WrestleMania. Guy,
1: yeah, they're already starting the uh, the split. It feels like too, where he's he's a he's a bad bodyguard for the guy he's protecting, and we're gonna, and now we have Sammy and Kevin and Biggie. I all I'll tell you Apollo. what though, I,
0: I love that story. It's a classic story. Are you familiar with AJ Styles and Omos? Uh, one of uh, my favorite stories of the last decade. Have they been
1: on? Have they been on TV lately? <laughs> a
0: bit of a black and white sort of uh old timey wrestling thing. Thez was on on some of those shows.
1: Thez <laughs> had a bodyguard too. Yeah, no, yeah, Thez yeah, had a bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, I, it just feels. Uh, yeah, it's it's too early for that stuff. I think. Yeah, you know, we still need to establish his character and who he is. <laughs> Other than the guy who ripped off a guy's I, he, junk. My biggest.
0: Pin. This gets back into, it's like looks without, like, thoughts. Like, uh, yeah, the the Nigeria thing is really, like, it's a look. Like, they came up with, uh, okay, Apollo's from Nigeria. Well, I mean, like, Apollo's character is from Nigeria now and heavily leans into that. And then Dabakato, they dressed him up like an African generalissimo and they reverse engineered, as best they could, some sort of, like, half thought out um tropish uh borderline stereotypical story about like war torn africa and like renegade groups in war torn africa
1: yeah we can't get too deep on that though you know this yeah. is this is w w e no <laughs> but know, like, like-
0: it, but it's a look, right? Like, so, like, you know, I, this is the thing. I'm not, dude. I'm not asking them from like to get into a, you know, thought about colonialism and the interplay with like the the inner continents and the drawing of the map on continental Africa or anything like that. But I do think it's a recurring problem. Where like, how am I supposed to get into Dabakato's new character if there's like nothing to really build out General Aziz with? Um... And when Aziz and Apollo split, who would I want to root for? Would it be Apollo? Would it be Aziz? Like, you know, like they, they work themselves into these weird corners with some of these characters.
1: Alistair Black has daddy issues. Um, <laughs> this is like Sean O'Hare, his character with like a daddy issue. I'm not sure how the dragon is, is his, is his father a dragon? And if his father is a dragon, is is he married to the dragon lady from NXT, who's a 2,000-year-old dragon?
0: I, I'll <laughs> tell you, back when I was in college, I had to do some creative writing classes, and we'd have to read our peers' different works of fiction, Um, and I swear... Uh, between the Alexa Bliss story and the Aleister Black story, uh, I, I was going back to the level of work that I was getting in these creative fiction tra- courses. The 100 level was a good screening of maybe who should never be a writer ever.
1: Look, my my dad took me to the woods sometimes for Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and <laughs> conjuring up the Slender Man and. <laughs> just...
0: Yeah, right. You know, Bloody Marys out in the woods. Uh, Sasquatch yeah. hunting.
1: Uh, I, I get what they're doing here. Cause it's almost like he has kind of a wink and a nut nod thing with it, but it's also to- trying to toe- tiptoe a little bit around the Satanism thing. I just, I, the animation's fine. It's interesting that they've used that on something else before, not, not the same animation, but the animator, I think, I can't remember which one that was. And I thought it was cool then. Um, what do you think of this? Cause I'm, 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 uh, you know, I'm a wait and see. I hope it's not supernatural. The but... best
0: Alistair Black is just when Alistair Black is going out there and beating punks up. Like he's cool, he's badass looking. Um, he's a former NXT champion, believe it or not, people. Uh, and I think like the best Alistair Black is just a guy having stiff matches with people. Uh, I, I don't need the dark, ooky, spooky stuff. He's just a cool, badass guy. Have him hang out with Damian Priest. Have a Black-
1: minority, Chris. Chris, we're the minority on that though. People like the sports entertainment stuff, so I mean, let, let's work within the parameters of what they're giving us.
0: Um, is it? Well, I mean, the Uki Spook. If the Uki Spooky was working for the people who like the Uki Spooky, then they would already be super into Aleister Black and sure. would be super over. So, like, I, this is a bit of our McDonald's argument from earlier. If it was good, it'd be good.
1: Is this book gonna be a prop for him? Is he a heel and he's oh, gonna hit guys with the tails uh, of the, the Oh god, order?
0: the bo- Whatever you get stuck with a book. The gimmick, loaded book! The, lo- the loaded book is always a bad gimmick. Always a bad gimmick.
1: Open the book and you get the Keith Lee flash paper, like Fallen Prey. Yeah, I that's my fear is that these are gonna be the w- I th- I think he's I think he's game for whatever will get him back in there. And I think People who are working on this are game for it. I just you know, this is one of those things where you watch and you go, I think there's an interesting idea here, but there's also a lot of bad ideas in here that could be I, I just don't think wrong. there's a
0: story to tell here. Um I, I think like this is this is a WWE exposition-y story that you can't build a good story off of. So yeah, you it's have the
1: this, story like, versus feud. Right. Well it's narrative. The- like we we're talking about when we were talking about an AEW, it's the narrative versus feud type thing.
0: Well, this is. Like, I there's mean, no go,
1: reason for him to
0: go back to Alexa go Bliss's ahead. promo too. Same problem. Um, so she tells this whole story about breaking this girl's arm or whatever. How do I pay off that backstory uh, in WWE world? The only way yeah. I could do it that they won't do is by kayfabe breaking somebody's arm. Um, like the if, if I was going to tell the story of Alexa breaking somebody's arm and being delighted, the next week I'd have her have a match on WWE television against Scrubs of Magooney, uh, the the girl cousin of Scrubs Omagoo, um, and Gross. Scrubsa, she's in the <laughs> ring and she's like boop, and then Alexa gets into the ring and Alexa breaks his little Scrubs his arm, and, and Scrubs is crying and hurting, and Alexa is delighting in the pain. But they don't tell that story, and if you don't tell that story, then what's the point of this backstory about you know I hurt somebody when I was a child? Um, it's the same thing, uh, Alistair Black. You know I was hurt when I was a child. There was a book. Um, like it doesn't do anything the next week after, and there's nothing to build off of.
1: Look, Alistair Black is the dragon. Eddie Dennis is the dwagon. The
0: <laughs> dwagon.
2: <laughs> we fit
1: those two things in. Oh. Uh, yeah, and, and then to end the main roster, because this is a mea culpa on my part, just because my jaundiced thinking and watching this. The Cesaro Daniel Bryan through line. I originally did not like. Because jaundiced wrestling critic Jeff, as opposed to watching the story Jeff, is like, shouldn't this story be more about Cesaro? Aren't we building him up for a match? Why are we having this tag match? Why is Daniel Bryan around this entire time? Why is Daniel Bryan going to there? And then they pulled this thing, the end of the show, with the retirement thing. I go... Okay, so this was an entire... I was mad because I was like, okay, so this is an entire bait-and-switch, this entire show, to get to a Roman-Daniel Bryan match. But they made an interesting choice, I think. I think working in Daniel Bryan's leverage, which is what this is, you know, I'd really like to fight these guys. this, Yeah, okay, and then eventually he's going to re-sign because Bree still <laughs> works for WWE. But using that, kind of as a thing, kind of like the punk contract thing. It's interesting as a loser leave talent. Let me put this to you. I like the idea of stipulation where you're done with this brand and you got to leave, but Daniel Bryan could go to Raw. Daniel Bryan could go, the most intriguing choice, I think, and I think he'd have a blast doing it, to NXT. I think Daniel Bryan and NXT would be fan friggin' tastic I I know, uh, you know, let him keep his contract, let him keep his money, whatever, and let him go have some fun with all these guys he used to work in BWG and Ring of Honor with there. And, you know, just, you know, I want to see Walter versus Daniel Bryan. That's a match that interests me. How about you, Chris?
0: Yeah, Walter, Daniel Bryan, Kyle O'Reilly, and Daniel Bryan um, actually has a lot of intrigue. Uh,
1: You know, uh, know, rerun Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan from back in the day. Hey, I'll take Tommaso Ciampa and Daniel Bryan. That would be a fun match. A little Timothy Thatcher action with Daniel Bryan. I would love Daniel Bryan to go over to NXT UK because I think some of those matches would be quite fun Joseph Connors
0: and Daniel Bryan.
1: How about this? Uh, uh, Russian kid.
0: Oh, Ilya Dragunov.
1: Ilya Dragunov, Daniel yeah. Bryan. I know. Can, I sell you, you Can yeah, I sell you on that? Can I sell you that? Yeah, that'd be great. Tyler Bate. Yeah, that'd Tyler
0: be a good Bait one too. And Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yes. in, in, into all those. Um, Joseph Connors and Daniel Bryan.
1: Let's not push things. We never want to see Daniel, <laughs> but but making him part of the NXT universe where he could also go to other NXT territories. They ever start up India, Japan? You know that 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 gives him his blood, his 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 wanderlust as well. I. I I find the idea of Daniel Bryan in NXT, and plus especially when crowds come back, that first takeover, having him oh, headline. Oh, no, he'd he be, he be white hot. That first takeover?
0: He'd be white hot. Even a guarantee- if it's carrying cross.
1: Even if it is carrying cross that he has no, to face there.
0: I think a guarantee move for the first live takeover event is to have Daniel Bryan on there because you know the house <laughs> will give you the yes chant that you want. They were going to 100% gonna go with the show and make sure that Daniel is treated like a returning hero. Um, and I, I, I like that move. Um, I think we're wish casting a little bit here, but we then are again, wish casting
1: the hell out. This, this is punk yeah. leaving and taking the belt to ROH in new Japan. That That's what this is. And it's stupid, but I wanted to do it anyways, because that's the interesting choice to me is Daniel Bryan can't go back to SmackDown. He goes to another WWE property, but it's not raw.
0: Well, well you can not want to him on two I, or the, five the, the, live. I mean, the uh, I guess, so I, in my head, there's only two ways out of this. Either one, they have Daniel Bryan win via disqualification next week, which is, I think may be how they get out of it. Or two, like, Daniel loses and he's gone. Um, like, And I kind of think he's losing to clear the way for Cesaro. That Cesaro, like, this will be like the Apollo yeah. cruise. Yeah, or like the, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Apollo Creed. Well, Apollo
1: Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Apollo
0: Creed gets gets killed by uh, the Russian. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, boy, I'll tell you one thing. I, one thing I don't want and one thing I do want. If Daniel Bryan loses this match, I don't want it to be because of Cesaro. Me neither. Either accidental, either accidental or on purpose. I, I don't want that. Maybe edge, but I, I, you know, I don't want, I don't want that either. I really don't want this contrived. What I do want, I want them to sell this like hell. I want, I want Roman Reigns to have a goodbye party for him. And I want Daniel Bryan's crestfallen sobbing ass face there, (laughs) just, just heartbroken. Give me that emotion. Give me the real of it. Just a little bit to let me buy in. So that, you know, Roman Dan having someone gonna...
0: wheel out a cake that says, thank you, uh, at, like after he beats yeah, 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 get out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go away. Yeah. Yeah. Leave. And, and then all of Daniel Bryan's stuff in a trash bag.
1: <laughs> I, but, but I love Roman's promo tonight where it was, where it was, you know, you're, you're you're losers. You're top tier losers, you're main event losers, but you're still lose- main event loser on a cake. Bring that thing out there.
0: You lost on a cake. Yeah. yeah we we have
1: this taped message. We have this taped message from your wife. You know, it, it just go whole hogging it. Uh, I have no other notes for SmackDown. It was in. Ju- it was enjoyable in hindsight, but it's, at the time, it's I just not went,
0: raw. Thank God. It's yes. Smackdown is not raw. It's fun. Raw. You can find raw fun stinks. things. Raw stinks. Smackdown is a watchable yes. show.
1: It's watchable, but there's still concerns. Like the Big yeah. E thing. I just, Big E is ice cold. His character sucks. That.
0: The, the ha, yes. ha 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 ha. He's a jerk. Ha. Yes. It's a, it's a, a jerk. A, it's d- the thing with the ha 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 thing. I sort of, get i get obviously what's going on there here's the issue that th- that seems to be missed is it is at its core inherently disingenuous big e is disingenuously laughing even when he's a baby face like and the disingenuity um is not endearing people don't like fake people uh it's yes. not it's not fun like that
1: People want to root for Big E, and the problem yeah. is this entertaining thing, over the top thing, has made him kind of annoying at times. I think too, in terms of, and also the, you know, the alpha male. I need to be the alpha male thing, so I need to be tough and and, and just put people down and all that. Yeah, uh,
0: the disingenuousness ported onto clashing with another baby face makes him heelish and unlikable. Um, because another you have kind Kevin, of
1: tweener baby Kevin face, Kevin Owens, Owens, who's
0: completely. But Kevin Owens is also pretty earnest. Like yes. he's tweenerish, but like he's also, he's he's not fronting. He's just dickish. Yes, you uh, yeah. you
1: know what you get with him. He has been very clear about his motives and everything like that. Even Whereas if he Biggie cheats.
0: is like, fronting. Yeah. Biggie is fronting yes. on his emotions. Biggie is like his character is weird and not authentic.
1: Okay, cool, Kyle, go.
0: Uh, cool, Kyle is not cool. Cool, Kyle's theme. Is not an improvement <laughs> from his Let old. Let me ask theme. you this
1: Does, does his theme, because this is, I, I, didn't, I wasn't going to interrupt you otherwise, but the theme thing might be something I can't come back to. The beginning of that theme sounds like the beginning of Adam Page's theme, yes?
0: Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But, but. Okay, continue
1: is, on Cool Kyle.
0: Uh, the thing with Cool Kyle's theme. Is especially because what when he was it's kind of built off of a little bit of his undisputed era character when he's tag champions and you know, there's like lots of swagger. If he's gonna have a guitar solo spot in his entrance, you might want to actually have a good guitar riff as the anchor to <laughs> that moment when he's doing the guitar solo. Not this like of little course, crappy Of course your grief is with the guitar lick. No, the, <laughs> I the love the, this. it matters. It matters. This is on um, brand. This is
1: on brand with you, and that's what I'm yeah. saying. Go well, on. And,
0: and if you want to get great guitar lessons so that your songs don't have crappy guitar <laughs> licks, hit me up. I teach via Skype anywhere across the country and internationally available. 20 years of experience. Learn to play like a pro from Chris Novembrino so that your theme song, Kyle, doesn't have crappy guitar licks in it. Probably play it on a synthesizer. Learn how to play a real guitar, not a synthesizer guitar, so that you're not, you know, playing little crap riffs. Uh, have real guitar. Uh no, it matters though because he's trying to be cool and, and again he's like leaning into the guitar vibe. But then we have the fact that he dresses up like a diamond store orange Cassidy. And that's not lost to me. A little bit of a Cool Kyle is like Orange Cassidy. And then we get into Cool Kyle's the way Cool Kyle acts. Which is not particularly cool. He's actually kind of a dick, and he's kind of patronizing. He's kind of disingenuous, like Biggie Langston, who we were just talking about. And then out comes Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes, who yeah, he's a heel, um, and but he's like not like he is not a, a, a heel that you you don't like him. You don't think he's a good guy? He's a flaky heel. He's flaky. Yeah. And he's kind of funny, and he's kind of got a charm about him. He's bad, but like it's like not without its charm. He's not yes. unredeemable, um, and he's kind of fun and funny. Like he, Cameron Grimes is fun, and and he's <laughs> he's not always necessarily aggro against you or like in your face or obnoxious or whatever. Meanwhile, like Kyle Rose, yeah. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly's out here making fun of Cameron Grimes and talking over Cameron Grimes's head. Um, and if he's not interested in what Cameron is selling, don't, whatever. But, like, Cameron is not actually being a jerk uh, at any point. And he's like, I bet on you because I thought you were going to win. You were the underdog. Uh, even if, like, that's supposed to be backhanded, the implication there is, like, Cameron actually thought that, like, Kyle O'Reilly would cover the spread or whatever, you know, hypothetical thing you can get. I don't know. On my bookie, the betting is probably different and probably some of the best betting you can get on the Internet, people. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Cameron Grimes, I, I, I like he wasn't really being a heel on Kyle O'Reilly.
1: Yeah, the uh, the promo was rough to begin with because it didn't sound grounded in him. Uh- and of course, his voice doesn't have a lot of bass to it either, which doesn't help. Uh, the cool Kyle
0: look is... I like it a lot. The
1: the 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 jean jacket, sunglasses, Tommy Bahama fedora is straight L.A. douchebag going to brunch on a Saturday at 1.30 because you're drinking too hard the previous night. I am not a fan of it at all. I think you are right. It toes a little bit too close to Orange Cassidy. But here's the thing that I really the second half of the promo, I was fine with that first half where he's like, well, what title should I go after? And then he mentions the NXT North American title and calls it the workhorse title. That kind of talk should have no play in a wrestling company at all. When the intercontinental championship was referred to as the workhorse title, that was behind the scenes. And that was a lineage that just happened with Mr. Perfect and Tito Santana and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and all those guys. It's not something I want as part of on screen canon. It's it's insidery. It's breaking the fourth wall in the bad way. What does
0: workhorse mean in the world of kayfabe?
1: Yes, it means nothing. It it, It means nothing because there is no workhorse in kayfabe. There is winners and losers in kayfabe and that's it. There's no, oh man, but see, in WWE, WWE has this problem because they have made work rate kind of ca- I steal the show at WrestleMania. Uh, I steal We love the show coming out Takeover. here and entertaining the
0: fans.
1: Yes. Yes, they've made, they've broken to the fourth wall and used all this meta stuff in there related to the company now that the line is blurred. And I just, I cringed at that line because... Uh, Need to look up these NXT North American champions. Give me a second here.
0: Okay. NXT so
1: North American champions. Y- yeah,
0: Leon Ruff, one of the great North American champions. Um, oh,
1: there's the workhorse title in work. Because, like, look, Leon, this, this isn't a bad this isn't a bad list. Adam Cole, Ricochet, Gargano, Velveteen Dream, Roddy Strong. Keith Lee vacated when, when they did that great thing with Keith Lee, only to blow it on the main roster later. Uh, Darian Priest Gargano, rough Gargano, who is now a comedy guy, not a workhorse guy. He is a comedy guy in K So, well, not in K but in story. So, no, he,
0: but he's yeah. not, he's not treated as a workhorse anymore in, um, like they, they sort of mentioned a little bit in passing, but like the the presentation of Johnny right now is not Johnny wrestling. It's you know even when he's like Johnny Takeover, like he's Johnny Cuckoo Bananas right now is what he is.
1: He's Papa John. He's Papa yeah. John right now. Yeah, as they say, as they call him. Yeah, so that was my issue with that, and that and that leads into my only other. Well, actually, I have two points because I want to talk about. I want to I want to end with. Uh, uh Cameron Grimes and and Kyle, but also Zoe and and uh mm, Sarai, yeah, which I thought yeah. was very, very good, but it baffled but, me. Yeah. I want the way away from every title program. They cannot be part of these title programs. They are they are a fun act. They are unrepentantly stupid and I love them to death. I love Papa John. I will excuse the creepiness of Teenage Crush throwing herself at uh <laughs> I, I'm dying for the scene with Candace and Indy where Indy throws herself at the boy and the boy rejects her. Mom, I can't believe she, you know, the whole teenage after school special crap I'm here for. I'm here for Austin Theory being a dumb meathead. I'm here for Candace LeRae being dumb stage mom. I'm here for the Papa John stuff in the way. I just don't want the North American title or the women's tag titles anywhere near this stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. Um, like the way is is perfectly entertaining. Uh, I just it's not a good place to have the title sitting on. I you know, I, it's actually in to a certain extent how I feel about like the elite. You know, like fine act if they didn't have all these belts parked on them. But like when you have all the belts parked on them, I look at it a little bit differently. And like the way the way having the North American title is not helping the North American title and is not resulting in a better show on NXT from week to week.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gargano's title reigns have not been, have been you know, recognized for 25 days, but really only four days. Cause the NXT tapings the first time uh, a two day title reign the next time because of, it's just really okay. Because of the Leon rough stuff. Uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, but uh, let's talk about these other two matches. I I liked Zoe Stark and Saray. I understand what they're doing with it. You have your hottest on-the-come star in terms of the women's division that you're building and building and building in Zoe Stark versus someone that she's befriended and come in. But th- again, Jeff Hawkins' old-school thoughts on debuts is... Nobody knows this person. I don't want to see a good match right out of the bat. I don't, we're not. I think there's a misunderstanding of this indie driven audience that they want to see work rate right, right off the bat, or they're going to reject them. Like it's a PWG show. I think you can bring in Saray, have her kill somebody. Show us what her finisher is. Show us that she's awesome and a badass. Get the pin and then set up the match for later. I don't want to, I don't want to see her taking this much offense from somebody else in her debut because that just makes her a good little hand in my, in my estimation, as opposed to a star. And I want to see her be a star on the first time out. This match was fantastic. It did a lot for Zoe Stark. It did a hell of a lot for Zoe Stark, I think in it, but that wasn't the selling point here. The selling point was it's Seray's debut. And I, I just, I think there was it. This is what they do. I get that but it it, baff, it still continues to baffle me every time that it's like, we we need the conditioning. We need, what makes Sarai, spe, Sarai special other than the video clips telling me she's special? I want to see her offense. I want to see the style she is and then I can get a little bit invested in her and you build her up a little and then you can have the Zoe Stark match in two weeks and I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, I liked this match a lot. I thought it was really a really good match. Zoe Stark continues to impress. I thought her chemistry with Sarai was really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just have the exact same complaints that you have when we pulled the camera out as to what was the purpose of this match. Why were we doing this match? Who are we showcasing? Was this the right time to even do this match? And, and like all of these questions they're all like deeply objectionable. like Zoe Stark does not need to be eating losses um e- e- this match if she lost to Sarai to takeover um and, and you had the hug finish, I think it's a perfectly good coming out party for Zoe Stark yes, but Sarai needed to win and and I think like bigger thing too. You need the no-name opponent because what I want during the first week is I want the long uber form of their entrance. I want their whole arrival and their way to the ring to be a big thing. And because Mm -hmm. that takes so long... I want that to go on longer than the match, by the way. Um, That's one of the reasons why we don't have another named competitor. We're spending an inordinate amount of time just focusing on the arrival of this Sarai person to the ring, and then she should get in the ring and like maybe lights out that competitor without even necessarily hitting their own finishing move. Um, We we just need to see something impressive and stark um, that puts... Sarai immediately into the top of the division conversation. And my concern with the Zoe Stark match is although it was competitive and arguably good for Zoe Stark despite its weird placement and all the other concerns we've outlined, I would argue that this competitive match against Zoe Stark was ultimately net bad for Sarai even though she won the match because this kind of made Sarai feel not upper card. It made her feel more mid-card.
1: yeah i want i want the pageantry like you said i want the hard sell here man tell me why i'm buying into this new person hard sell on the pageantry perhaps even to a ridiculous level i want to see every move that she has maybe or or, or tease me a bit here's the first match here's one move that she can kill you with boom Here's the second match Second move she can kill you with. Oh, now I'm intrigued. She has more than one move that she can kill her. And, you know, move up the chain there. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I really don't have any notes on on Cameron Grimes and Ke- Kyle O'Reilly other than it was a fi- I, I, I really love watching Cameron Grimes do these matches, but I, I will say something uh, about this show to you. Uh, Io Shirai, cat person.
0: Oh, okay. All right, all right. Much all like right. you. Yeah, yeah, no. You, you I, saw uh, that, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have...
1: Yeah. Uh, Monet coming in with the dog, uh, and, and Io Shirai says she's a cat, much like you. So is Io Shirai now your favorite wrestler?
0: Uh, you know, uh, announcements like that, um, revelations like she that, make have me th- have to strongly reconsider where people stand in the pecking order. Um, gives you momentum. <laughs> gives you big mo with Chris.
1: Well, she doesn't have three cats like you. I, mean, she's I have not four obsessive
0: about it. Yeah. They're, they're the four That's horsemen. Sadisting. Yeah, I got Arn. I got Tully. I got Rick, and the other Which one. Which version? St- Sting. <laughs> okay, <I was> st- <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that popped me. I was, I was thinking Barry. I was thinking maybe Oli, maybe Roma. If you wanted to really throw me off there, even with Tully, but no, you know, Sid. <laughs> Hero Matsuda, J.J. Dillon. No, you went Sting. Sting. <laughs> uh, Yuppie's out
0: of the band here soon, is what I'm telling uh, you. Yeah, uh,
1: no, the, the Kyle O'Reilly match was great. I thought with, with Cameron Grimes, I see Grimes is a charming heel, and you know the Million Dollar Man thing is going to be a nice ha ha spot for yeah. member berries. I, I just there are times I want him protected, and I don't feel he has been. He's always been but of joke type thing. And I think his yeah. work rate kind of belies how great he is because he does the comedy so well. So that's, yeah, no, I, it's part. my
0: only knock on this, this new Cameron Grimes character is It's, it's a great for Vince character. It's a bad for Cameron Grimes sort of character where it's like, uh, it, it takes away from the thing that like you and I really liked about this guy. Uh, the, the, the slimy Southern intensity greasiness thing that he has going.
1: Well, let's hope Jeff doesn't screw up the audio this week. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can follow the show just at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. And you can now watch us on video, our reactions to each other, our surprise, us trying to get in and say a word when the other one's rambling, usually me rambling, and then Chris is like, Can I talk now? Uh, at Voices of Wrestling channel on YouTube. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors once again, Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping using Ropes and also MyBookie.ag. Get up to $1,000 in deposit bonus using code Ropes. That's enough of me talking, Chris. What do you got this week?
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I would be remiss if I did not remind you that you can learn how to play the best rock guitar in the whole wide world. You can have a cooler riff than Cool Kyle. You could learn how to play Cool Kyle's theme song. Guitar Lessons, available by Christopher Bruno. Hit me up chris at gmail.com or go and check out my podcast which is called don't worry about the government uh you can message me at dwatg on twitter don't worry.tv is our homepage. find us on itunes stitcher spotify and we also have a youtube channel where there are a bunch of old episodes of don't worry about the government that you can go and check out
1: all right once again r.i.p to the
0: <laughs> r.i.p to who
1: shock G of digital underground sex packets, dollar or two.